It's the same old story. It's been a long day at the job, or maybe it's just starting to feel long. And you feel that urge to stretch your legs and get a little bit of a break. You walk down the street, or maybe you get behind the wheel of your car, and you feel the weight begin to lift. You walk through the doors, and the sound of the place starts to clear the air. You get a table, you order your drink, you listen to the sounds of the bar, and soak in the conversation. Welcome to the TNE Speakeasy with your hosts, Sean, Eric, Isaac, and Caleb. Listen in as they discuss the 1999 film Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Welcome to Speakeasy, everybody. Today, we're joined by two honored guests, and uh, because of the topic, they brought some blue milk with us. <laughs> so, oh. what do you guys have to talk to us about today? What are we here to talk about? Well, um, I, I was talking to Eric one time, and I was saying, you know, I really like to revisit, you know, the 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 Star Wars movies, and you know, from the beginning, and I say beginning with quotes, beginning being Episode One. All the way through episode nine, and Eric's like, "Well, you don't have to watch it in that se- in that sequence. You can watch it." And I'm like, "No, it has to be episode one through episode nine. Oh, oh no! Uh, I said the same thing as Eric. Um, <laughs> Disney Plus disagrees with you. Yeah, I yeah, I guess. But it says episode one on the screen, so that's the way it has to be. Um, so yeah, so we're here to talk about Star Wars episode one. The Phantom Menace. And I, I also wanted to see this again because I don't think I've really seen it all the way through since it first came out in the theater in 1990. Nine. Nine. <laughs> I'm so sorry. 1999. Whoops. Woohoo. Um, and uh, so, yeah. And because I remember when it came out, I, I wanted to talk about this, too, because it was a it was a big fucking deal i mean there were guys and i say guys because that's what i literally mean that were lining up it's not true there were some girls too they were lining up for like a week before the movie started so they could be the first to see the phantom menace and uh tickets were all sold out obviously it was like number one in the box office that weekend you know what i went to go see trekkies with my friend we were the only people in the theater just me and her and phantom menace was playing next door it's okay but you know everybody just rips it you know to bits and it's like it's Mm -hmm. you know i don't remember it being that bad i have to watch it again and i'm gonna be completely honest with you i think it's not that bad (laughs) except there are things in it that i hate i hate certain things in it um but anyway what are you guys' first uh first you know dealios with this with this film you call it a film, I think I'd call it a movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, interesting. Yeah, I mean, me and Isaac already covered this one. Um, I think it was like almost three years ago now. Maybe it was only two. Uh, 2019, so... Wow, wow. Two yeah. and a bit years ago, but yes, three soon. Huh. Yeah, and during that one, I at least came in saying that this is my favorite of the prequels. But by favorite, it means, like, the worst of a bad bunch. <laughs> but I think by the end of it, I was in a rage and just hating on it. But 
<laughs> so I went back this viewing, and I was like, okay, I remembered thinking that this was the best. I'm going to try to give it its dues, and yeah, I guess we'll talk about that more. But yeah, I, I personally, I don't really like any of these prequels, and yeah, that's kind of where I'm at still. So I would have preferred to start the other ones, but I don't mind going this way, but <laughs> not the, the best way to start the franchise for me, in my opinion. Especially for first-time viewing. I know some friends who watched them episode one to whatever was out at the time and i was always like whoa oh. come on don't do that oh boy <laughs> whoa <sighs> <sighs> <Perish> the thought <laughs> yeah i'd be like fuck this i'm not watching any of this yeah <laughs> that's what i thought yeah they'd watch this one and be like why am i going to continue <laughs> but <laughs> you have to be like that ad campaign that they had a few years ago it gets better <laughs> why does technology look weird and then why does uh why did, why does it dwindle and look like primitive and then why does technology look like modern day stuff yeah, or it's like pre prequels, to originals, to sequels. It's like, well, how did? Well, what's what's going on here? There's inconsistent inconsistencies here with technology. There's a reason. Or Lucas gives a reason. Oh, okay, Eric, you mind bringing that up for me? Because I've always wanted to know the reason why you know they updated the graphics and or they updated the visuals uh, to look like ninety. Well, it's not 90 stuff, but, but look, look uh, different, basically. I know the reason, but oh. it's more of an out of universe thing. I I feel in some ways, but why is that? I guess we'll okay. Let's hear it. Oh, uh, well, I know George Lucas was like, oh, you know, by the time we get to the original th uh, three movies, it's supposed to be like the universe is all kind of run down and ruined because of the Empire. So we go earlier and it's all like fresh and new. That makes sense. Which doesn't make any sense. But what was the <laughs> out of universe reason? <laughs> That's the out of universe reason, his mindset behind it. But it doesn't make any sense in universe <sighs> because it's not like the universe started. <laughs> When these movies were made, so why would it all be fresh and new? Okay, <laughs> all right, that's true. But you know, it's not, this is not the only franchise that has that. If you look at Star Trek, everything looks new. Uh, you know, I may be wrong about some of the newer stuff. No, but whatever. And then if you look at something like Alien, it's a combination of both. You know what I mean? Um, Star Trek, I don't think they ever found the urge to really change it and make it look. You know, like a are there any junky ships in Star Trek? I think it's like this, uh, based upon what he said, what he has said, and then expanding on it. So he said when he went back, when he went with this movie, the first one in the series, and going back to this previous age, the end of the old, is the end of the old Republic? I think I don't know. Yes, it is the end of the old Republic, and um, he envisioned this time in Star Wars, as style-wise, as being analogous to the Art Deco period in the United States. And so it's kind of based upon a, imagine a movie that was set Art Deco, except a little bit stylized. And, and they're probably that Sky Commander or whatever that movie is called is probably something like that, that is Art Deco, but stylized. So imagine this Art Deco world, but not the real world, but just an idyllic Art Deco world where everything, where society was at its height. And then that's a little bit analogous to like, let's say Rome or something. And then... The Republic falls, um, and you know you get post Rome or whatever. And it's not hard to imagine because if you imagine Hollywood movies taking place in the Art Deco period versus like some Scorsese Mean Streets or something, like it makes sense. Like the, the gritty, ugly, disgusting New York, like Times Square with Triple um, X theaters and and titty, titty shows like right there in Times Square, like in the seventies. <laughs> So, you know, <laughs> yeah, well, that's what they were. That's what they were. And they were right there on Times Square. Um, so, 
you know, I think that's it's not too hard to imagine. Oh, but just to get back to what Sean was doing initially, where were you at uh, with this movie, Eric, coming in? Okay. Initial thoughts. Man, I was waiting for this movie probably since 96 or 97. Um, 97 was the 20th anniversary. They were re-releasing the movies, the originals, six months apart. Um, And then they kind of said, you know, now they're going to work on Star Wars. I mean, new stuff, new content. I was there opening day for Wing Commander. Not many people saw that movie in the theater. But that was the movie that that had the... um, the the teaser trailer attached to it so i went there um and initially i was just gonna watch the teaser and walk out but we watched the whole movie but anyway i mean that's how much i was ready for it um got tickets months in advance saw it opening day in new jersey um and initially it was just it was it was fantastic because it was star wars and the only thing that bumped me on that first one was the Jar Jar accent and a little bit with the with the Anakin lines, but it seemed like an overall good experience. Um, mm. And then and then like literally the day after, I went to New York City and bought um, a bootleg VHS copy of the movie, and I and I watched yeah. it uh, a few times yeah. later that week. And that was back in the day when it was it would be like a camcorder in the movie theater. And then you could buy oh, like a, a VHS bootleg for um, like five dollars in New York back then. So I so yeah, I, I was I was pumped. It wasn't until much later that things started to sink in. <laughs> Sorry, things started to sink in. What about <laughs> Isaac? You didn't answer the, the how did you first see this? Um, was introduced to Star Wars. I it was either like late in the 20th century or the right early on in the 21st century. And I didn't see number one or two. I only saw, like, this is in between, I think, one and two. I saw, my dad showed me all the originals in the, was it the special edition or, I don't remember what it was. But I see those, and then I eventually see one, two, and then go to see in the theater three. Mm, okay. Which comes out in 2005. Uh, my thoughts? As a kid, it was just more Star Wars, and I didn't really think about like you know just the, the, the lightsabers. They're they're doing they're, they're they're in space. They're they're fighting and whatnot. There's yeah, there's yeah. blasters going everywhere. Uh, what what's not to like? There's there, there's wars and there's stars. Uh, who, who, what can't you like? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, uh, seeing this in the theater, I didn't see it opening weekend, like I said, but I remember crying in the theater when the music started. And every time I would see a new one, people would cheer. When uh, when that came on, the, duh, I'm not doing it very well, but uh, the fan. Yeah, you know it's funny when you say, "Oh, it's Star Wars, and there's lightsabers, and there's stuff in space." You know, I what I found fascinating in this movie, truly fascinating, was the political intrigue about the taxes. Mm-hmm. Man, tear me away from that, um, because I'm going to tell you something. I don't know what the fuck they were talking about. I'm like, these are the most uninteresting villains I have ever seen. They, like, it's like, okay, I, I feel stupid. You know, maybe, oh, just fuck it, I'm going to go with it. Let's just see some, you know, lightsabers. Okay, this is good. And then they meet Jar Jar. Oh, God. I hate Jar Jar Binks. And I know that's an overstatement, <laughs> but I really, really hated him. Like, I think yeah. there is a version that exists where they just cut him out, mm-hmm. because other than yes. one other little thing, he's not needed. Um, 
he is so stupid. It's <laughs> like, why didn't somebody say, George, George, maybe you should take our charger out and just, you know, replace him with, or just tone it down a little bit oh. with the character. George fell in love. You can tell. Like, there's certain scenes where Jar Jar just, like, he becomes, like, the main character for, like, a lot of the movie. Yeah. Almost everything's focused on him, and it's like, oh, my God, could he could he just shut up? It's <laughs> awful. He can. He cannot stop ranting on, like, Woody Allen. I, I <laughs> yeah, the, the war scene, the battle scene, my God, I'm like, this is so stupid. Like, do the people that worked wow. on this, were they, like, behind the backs going, I don't know about Jar Jar, maybe, maybe we should take him. Mm-hmm. Oh man, the guys behind the scenes were all in. Yeah, it's not till the sequel creating all kinds of, and, and they were also yes men as well. Yes, they started to get worried with the Attack of the Clones and Revenge, but this one, yeah, they were all in on George's vision. Okay, but yeah, that that end fight, that's when I just started to be really pissed off at the movie because I'm like, you know, if if Jar Jar is supposed to be one of our like heroes, you'd figure there should be some sort of evolution for the character, some mm-hmm. sort of advancement. The fact that he's the lead part of that fight and he's just a like bumbling Mr. Magoo running around and it's like, oh my god. <laughs> That's like if, you know, like, I don't know. Uh, it's like, I don't... Like, let's make the Secretary of State, you know, head of the army or something like that. <laughs> or not even the Secretary of State. You know who I really like? I really like Shia LaBeouf. Let's get Shia LaBeouf here. He'll be the head, the general of the army. It doesn't make any Oh, they're so stupid. Oh, but I will actually say, all that politics stuff that you're complaining about, that's actually some of the stuff that interests me the most in this movie. Really? Most of the, the stuff when we go to Coruscant, and it's just kind of uh, Padme trying to argue to get, get that uh, like intervention, that's the stuff that I'm the most pulled into. Partially because Jar Jar really like leaves the movie for a little bit during that part, but <laughs> that's the stuff I find the most uh, tolerable. Can you explain it to me like I'm a nine-year-old? Like the whole political intrigue? Yeah. Well, I know that it was all about uh, Palpatine trying, you know, this is his be- the beginning of his plan to become emperor. Yeah, he's just like, okay, well, this is the planet that I've got influence from, this is the planet I'm from. What can I do to, you know, force them to put me in charge, basically? I guess the second in command, or not, not second in command, but just the person who's the representative. I don't exactly understand how the political positioning works, but... Yeah, I don't understand how the viceroy works in there either, like... What is he doing? Where is he from? I wanted some more backstory on him. Then I found out he has a name. It's like Viceroy Raygun or something like that. I don't know. Oh, uh, Newt Gun Gun. There you go. Gun yeah, Ray? Newt, Newt Gun Ray. Newt Gingrich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, but, uh, exactly. Would have been a big name around this. Uh, George time. Lucas did like model some of these people after like. Um, Republicans in the nineties and stuff. At the politicians. Yeah. Like their like their names and stuff. Yeah, but there's there's their uh Supreme Chancellor in the Senate, Councillor Valorum, I guess was like a big ally of hers. And he needed to trick her into basically making him step down or get fired. Mm-hmm. So that Palpatine can move into the position. Yeah, no confidence. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, some of that stuff is like even though it's kinda hard to follow, it's simplistic when you break it down, but I could, I could just enjoy seeing poor dumb Padme getting pushed around by that guy. <laughs> well, I always enjoy the Emperor. So. I got that part, but what about the ta- the stuff with the taxes? <laughs> uh, the taxation, I, I guess the Trade Federation is just like 
they're some sort of not really connected to the Republican. I, I guess they are, actually. It's confusing. But they just didn't want to have to pay to go through N Naboo space, basically. And so they're like, okay, well, we're going to shut this place down until you agree to what our new taxation uh, prices are going to be. And then they just basically took over the planet to, I guess, get a foothold and over their negotiations. It's like the trucker thing in, in Canada. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trudeau is sure. the Viceroy, and uh, the Truckers of the Trade Federation. Um, uh, <laughs> well, the Viceroy, I think, is the, uh, I think he'd more be the Council of Alarm. Oh, I'm sorry, he's uh, not the Viceroy, the Chancellor, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know who the Viceroy would be. Uh, some hidden person in a basement somewhere. <laughs> Not participating in the actual. Uh... But anyway, let's get away from that. Somebody so... in Harlem Hill. <laughs> yeah, so what do you guys think about some of the characters we get here? Because that's one of the things that always pulled me in and really made me love those original movies. Is just getting sucked into the character drama. What do you think about these ones? Um, you know what? Uh, aside from the main characters, I am interested in learning more about these characters. Um, oh. the guy, the guy that. Uh... Who's the guy that owns, um, and and what's his name? Anakin and his mom. Oh, Watto. Watto, yeah. Like I wanted to know about that. Watto. Watto, yeah. The Ar the Armenian merchant. Uh, <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, we should probably mention that because uh, there's a lot of that in this, and I, it was one of those things where it's like, yes. Does anybody think that this might be racist? Am I the only one? Okay. And then Lucas is like, get him out. <laughs> It's a big thing with with these these movies, yeah. A lot of complaints of yeah, colorism or whatever you call it. And it's like it's not like it's so subtle, you know, like Hitchcock putting in his gay stuff. This is like that those vice that viceroy and his you know partner or whatever that was, dude. They're they're totally Asian. I mean, they're like Asian. Um, Jar Jar Banks is like a step and fetch it like version, like ugh. Oh, I'm your servant now. Who saved my life? I'm like, oh. Um, <laughs> What's Amisa saying? <laughs> yes, it's a me. Yeah, there's that Caribbean, like, Bl Brian Blessed uh, character. <laughs> <laughs> Sprains but everywhere. Talk about death threats. He got tons of death threats for years. Um, the actor who portrayed um, Jar Jar. Yes. Ahmed Best. Ahmed Best. Yeah. yeah, much worse than What's Her Face in Last Jedi. In pre-social media, oh man, that's well, that's stupid. That's so dumb. Poor guy. I don't know if it was. I don't know if hers was comparable, and I just wasn't paying attention. But either way, it's still just there's a bunch of lunatics in, among Star Wars fans, and yeah, they like to attack actors in that way. Very strange behavior. <laughs> Very childish and strange. Very immoral, and uh, pretty stupid. Yeah. yeah, but but no, yeah, Jar Jar Binks definitely. Even as a kid, I was like, something just feels wrong about this character. Like, I I mean, I've always had an issue with obnoxious humor, so I never liked him for that reason, but something always just felt just weird about him. Well, yeah. Aside from his weird racial aspects and all that other weird stuff and his not funny humor, the, it's just a little bit too soon with the CGI character. Like, um, you know, <laughs> yeah. Just a, just a little bit too soon. And, and the same thing with... Um, Boss Nass as well. I mean, as far as wow. imagining that they're real or whatever, because you know, um, uh, Gollum just came. You know, he just came a scant 
two, three years later, two, two years later. Uh, well, actually, not even really till Two Towers, so three years later. Um, so, God, they were just a little bit too soon. Like, I think Lucas was just, like, he felt that CGR could already do everything. And, you know, mm -hmm. in, so, in some ways they did it right, but then that was, no, no, it was just too soon. It's, it's, it's really weird to watch now. Yeah, but it was also, I mean, me and Isaac discussed this when we did our last uh, review of this movie. But there was a lot of behind-the-scenes motivations about just making money. And so part of this was being like, let's show that we can create this fully CGI character and maybe figure out the details further down the line. So I think even they were aware that it wasn't quite there yet, but they were just like, screw it. We want this to be like a new thing that we're kind of pushing as, hey, we can create this for you, so let's insert it in there. Yeah, it doesn't... It looks a, a whole lot better on the 4K, but... Like my old DVD, too, it breaks down. <laughs> it does not look good. Uh, yeah, I have it on Blu-ray, and I think it looks fine. Um, I'm looking at the scene right now when they're in the watercraft, and those big giant monsters oh. are chasing them. I love that. I think that's so neat. I'd love that sequence, too. But Jar Jar ruins it. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he does. And those monsters are so cool. It's like, wow, if mm -hmm. I was a kid, I would be really digging this. And they would start talking about taxes, and I'd be like, oh, let's get some more popcorn. Yeah, and, and that whole underwater sequence, a lot of it looks practical, mm -hmm. even though it's not. Yeah. It's just like, wow, this is the really great effects. It's just well, that's the other thing about this movie that makes it unique, especially compared to the other two prequels, is that they still did a heck of a lot of practical effects um, in this movie. A heck mm -hmm. of a lot with a lot of models for um, ships and crafts, but also for a lot of the scenes, like scenery and set pieces were actual physical models. Um, so this has a little bit of a more realistic, well, actually a lot of more realistic look than episode two and three. Definitely a lot more. <laughs> but I will say also about the opening sequences since I'm watching it too, this also brings it back to uh, George Lucas's original idea of um, hearkening back to Flash Gordon because the opening bits on Naboo kind of gives me a lot of Flash Gordon vibes. Because, like in the original Flash Gordon, whether it was the 70s or like the, the black and white serial, you know, he gets caught up in this other world and he's going from like different environment to different environment. And, and to go from the ship and then down to the, the planet, like the surface, and then to go into the water kingdom, um, it's, it's kind of Flash Gordon y. And it, and what adds to it is how, again, it's a lot of things are like a, a different stylized technology. And, and there's something about like the interior, that watercraft, it just has this, you know, mm. again, like Splash Gordon, if they had effects and budget of what we have now, it would look, look something like that, perhaps if it was like the 30s version of uh, Flash Gordon. Yeah, that, that underwater Gungan City is some of my favorite stuff in all the prequels. I think it looks super cool. I'd love to live down there. <laughs> there is a, on the commentary, uh, a guy said, um, there is only one single shot in this entire movie that has no visual effects whatsoever, be they model shots or, you know, uh, CGI. And that's when uh, Obi-Wan and uh, Liam Neeson are in the conference room at the beginning and there's gas coming out of the vent. That oh, yeah. gas is the only, was real gas. <laughs> like, okay, that's the only scene without a visual effect. And I continued listening to it. And they're in uh, Queen Amadea's 
it's not a spelled Amadeus. I'll just say Amadeus. Amadeus. Amadala. Amadala. Queen Amadala. I'm like, oh, there must be there. There's there's no visual effects in this scene. And then somebody said, oh, there were candelabras that we had to digitally remove. There were. Okay, whatever. Uh, interesting. Yeah, and that that's another reason why I hold this one up as one of the best. The prequels is when you watch the other two. It really becomes like you're just watching a, a cartoon with people inserted into it. And it's super duper distracting. So it helps that this movie has such a kind of re- reality to it. And I also think it's the only one that feels like like a new take on Star Wars without it feeling like just, I don't know, those, those next two, something about them just doesn't feel like Star Wars to me. It feels like its own weird thing, but I guess we'll get to those ones later. But. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this does has one. Well, this has one of the best action sequences uh, of any of the Star Wars movies too, and that's the pod racing scene. I love that pod racing scene, hmm. although it does get a little silly sometimes. That was thrilling at the movies. Um, also, it was different at the movies. Uh, most people know that these changed a lot for the home movie versions. Um, the on the home movie version, the sequence was extended greatly, um, so it was a lot shorter. Uh, theatrically the whole pod race thing but um it was thrilling uh originally i I still like it i guess and it's cool if you have like a home theater and all that stuff but um but it is a bit long though and 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 i don't know it's a weird sidestep in the whole flow of the of the movie Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. they definitely take a lot of time out but i guess i don't know is it comparable to the chariot race and ben-hur i don't know um but uh well, yeah that was the inspiration for it oh well there you go but yeah that that was my problem is it's super cool through a lot of it and i love the use of sound design and getting like a wider sense of the uh just plan of tatooine like the the train but it just yeah it goes too long it, it starts to just kind of wear out its welcome for me it's like ah like there's no plot happening and it's like probably like 15 minutes almost it's like oh man okay hater (laughs) i am a hater on these movies no doubt the prequels uh just and that's a big problem without throughout this whole movie is i feel like there's no real sense of pace to it it has no movement it's just super stagnant stagnant all the way through and then you get flashes of things like that pod race or like the big lightsaber fight at the end but even that ending is so like stop and start just constantly it's super wonky and I guess I could mention uh, this was the first of the Star Wars movies to not have any involvement from Marsha Lucas, who edited the first movie and did some edit stuff for the third movie. And she said that when she saw this, she was complaining about where's the editor, and she said that she ended up crying after watching it, that she was so disappointed with what George had done with it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, wow. I'm not as sour on this movie and the first three as Caleb, but uh, I mean, I kind of agree with a lot of he says, just, I'm just not as upset about it. But, um, but the first movie, I think, I didn't know that little tidbit about the editor. But if you did edit this movie differently, um, I could like it a lot more. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You trim a few little things and fix some other little things. And I think this movie would, would improve greatly and be much more watchable than the finished product. Yep, no doubt. Now you, Isaac, you haven't uh, chimed in for a while. Are you still there? <laughs> 
Oh, uh, no, hey, I'm just giving everybody the floor here. I don't want to interrupt anybody. I don't want to talk over anybody because that's extremely, uh, would be rude on my part. But I'm going to talk about the music uh, because, especially specifically one musician that would have played Jar Jar Banks. Um, I don't have a source for you, but I know this is, uh, I don't know if anybody's heard this, but one Michael Jackson approached George Lucas in wanting to become Jar Jar Banks. Oh, wow. That's... My God. Yes. And this is coming off the success, quotations, uh, of Captain EO uh, and that whole (laughs) thing that, you know, occurred in uh, Disneyland there. So he was like, he approached Lucas saying, hey, I'd like to, I guess he heard that, you know, Lucas was going to make another Star Wars. And he's like, hey, I'd like to, I'd like to join this and uh, play this one character that you have, this comic relief character. I think you're probably pretty cool. And he, uh, Lucas was like, nope. Not because of controversy on any uh, part of, of Michael Jackson at the time, but because, again, as you guys mentioned, he wanted to become a... Or he wanted Jar Jar to be a full-on CG character. And instead, he had Amon Best, I guess, you know, do the motion cap for him. And, I mean, he was he was there in scene, I get that. But he, uh, I, I, it's interesting that he wouldn't... I, I guess Best was good with... Uh, I forget the reason he got him, but like I guess Best was good with his movements and... Um, yeah, yeah, no, no different than the alien from the first Alien film, where they got a guy who uh, was very good with his body movements. I think he did Tai Chi. So you want somebody who's like good with their, they're able to control their body. Now, what did you guys think of the music of the maestro himself, John Williams, returning? Uh, for me, in sequence with the Star Wars movies, I feel like this one is actually a rather flat score, mm. minus a couple really standout pieces. But it's still Williams, you know, so it's still r- pretty good. But I just think as a comparison to the original trilogy, it was kind of a surprisingly kind of lame score, honestly. Been there, done that? But go ahead. <laughs> uh, no, it just... There were so many iconic themes in that original trilogy that he put together. This movie only, I, I feel like, has one iconic piece of music to it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, everything's just kind of background work. So... Well, I agree with what Caleb, well, a little bit, yeah, kind of with what Caleb said, but my bigger issue is, so, man, uh, it sounds too similar to something else that John Williams did, and it and it confuses my brain, and it throws me, and it's especially in episode one, um, not so much two and three, or at least not that I recall, um, and that is, this sounds much too similar to the soundtracks of Harry Potter 1 and 2. They are very similar, and when I watch this, and I, I I hear the music, and it takes me to Diagon Alley, it takes me to Hogwarts, it takes me to Christmas time at Hogwarts. There's like all these things that are real similar, and it, wow. it takes me out of Star Wars, and it, it feels like the most different of the Star Wars soundtracks of the mainline movies. Um, it, it stands out Ooh. to me as is not mixing in with the rest. Okay. I had the same thought. I just was like, why do I all of a sudden have Harry Potter on my mind? I'm like, oh, really? that's why. It's very similar. Yeah, I usually think that those movies have the same problem as this, where they have a couple really standout pieces of music and the rest is just kind of flat, just wallpaper. I, I don't see. or I don't see The Harry Potter 3 soundtrack, the last one that Williams did, is absolutely amazing. But that's... That one's better. On its own. Yeah. But sorry, go ahead, Sean. Oh, I don't hear that at all. I, I maybe I have to rewatch those films because I I don't 
remember, I just hear the da 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 da, and I didn't know that John Williams did those. By the way, I didn't realize it. First three, yes. Okay. All right. I I love the music in this movie. Um, I love the Darth Maul um, theme. Hmm. Um, the operatic. You know, I bought the soundtrack on Groovy CD. I had the record until someone stole it from my car. Um, How dare they? Yeah. Wait, this? You had the record for Phantom Menace? Yeah, the CD, not the record. Oh, Although CD. I did have okay. a lot of groovy records. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, can we talk about... Um, what was the name of the actor again who played Anakin? Jake Lloyd. Jake huh. Lloyd. I, Poor Jake Lloyd. Oh, man. <laughs> he, he went to the same college and studied the same thing that I did. Uh, he went to Columbia College... In Chicago and studied film, yeah. and uh, now um, I'm a lawyer, and he's probably living in his mom's basement. Uh, no, it's I... really sad, though. I know it's sad. He, but apparently he's had some problems with mental illness, and mm-hmm. ended up in jail. Was it jail or like a psychiatric hospital? First jail, and then psychiatric hospital. He hasn't been home since. He's been in there since 2015. So that's Jeez. a long time for this poor guy. That is really sad. And Very sad. Every, when he was in college, the last time I heard about him was he was in college and he hated it when anybody would bring up that he was in this movie. Um, and he mm-hmm. would have preferred just to have nobody know at all. But, you know, eventually somebody found out and, you know, which and then I guess they didn't really pick on him, really. But, you know, people were always bringing it up. So instead of being jake the film student he was anakin skywalker and yeah yeah that's rough and i wonder how much that his family's put issued a statement in 2020 saying that he had been diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia yeah so i mean all those midichlorians like (laughs) we'll get to that i went back and watched the uh the old making of which i'll say this is kind of funny the good one like the like the hour long plus making of uh, documentary, but yeah, I watched this a ton when I was a kid. But strangely, I had more nostalgia watching the making of. For whatever reason, just seeing that time period and remembering when I used to watch it as a kid just really made brought back memories. But but there was a scene when we see the the angel scene. Are you an angel? And we see a couple different actors that they were working with and like trying to pick who should who they should choose. Of course, Jake Lloyd shows up, and he's the first one who can't remember his lines, says it differently each time, screws it up, and then George afterwards is like, oh, you know, we could go with one of these other kids, they're more practiced, you know, they feel like professional actors, but I love the kind of unstudied, kind of unpredictable nature of Jake Lloyd, so let's hire him instead. Oh, George. <laughs> and he was like, and I'll just edit around the performance. And I was like, That's, that sounds like a disaster in the making, really? Sandstorms are very, very dangerous. Come on! Oh. <laughs> so so many flat, just painful deliveries. And you can't judge Jake Lloyd. I mean, the kid, like George even said, he's he wasn't a professional actor necessarily at that time. So, I mean, he was working, but not a <laughs> not a great talent. And George is not a great director of actors. Yeah. So, the poor kid, just just terrible. <laughs> oh, but how about you, Isaac? I remember when we did this last time. You said they actually kind of liked his performance. 
Do you still feel that way on a rewatch? Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, one thing I didn't do was go back and listen to our commentary. Of course, I did watch this before, Me so neither. don't worry. <laughs> Remember that? I, I think I was going to a few months ago to listen to that. Um, I, yeah, I don't remember what my thought process was about that. Um, listen, I could see... I, okay, I see what they're trying to do with him. And, I mean, okay. What, would, what, what do you want from... Uh, what, is, what does Anakin Skywalker demand? That's, that's my question, first of all. What, what is, I guess, obviously, a, a kid who probably remembers his lines, that's, that's all for me to say. But, well... Okay, here's what I said. Here's here's what I said, and these I've said this plenty of times uh, to our in our channel, but to these two I haven't said this. Uh, to Sean and Eric, I wish um, in universe because it makes sense because they say the, the Jedi Council constantly says he is too old. Uh, he's similar to you know Luke in in, uh, in Episode Five, and I'm like. Well, he looks young to me. Like, what do they want? Three <laughs> years old or five? He's nine years yeah. old, fair enough. But, like, what, what do you want? Six? And we'll get to that at some point about Jedi kidnapping uh. kids, uh, which Clone Wars talks about. But anyway, um, I I thought, again, hindsight 2020 is obviously I'm not in charge or whatnot. <laughs> Hayden Christensen should have been Anakin Skywalker from the beginning, not Jake Lloyd. It would have been a fuck ton better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> completely agree with that um that would be amazing but that's not what george was going for i don't think yeah because because then you have in universe it makes sense because he's like too old he looks like a teenager i don't know how old christian was at that point but he's too old it's like no it, it completely makes sense whereas lloyd looks like dude this kid could totally be a jedi yeah if, if memory serves isn't there a scene in like the third one where we see a bunch of young jedis in training yeah and they're all about his age and you can see discount uh, Lloyd, Jake Floyd over there. Yeah, they look like toddlers. No, Jake Floyd is, is a tiny-looking nine-year-old. Uh, those kids that we see later are more like in the five, six-year-old range, um, I, I think. Jake Floyd is like a, a puny-nine-year-old. Uh, but, I, I mean, but I still agree with everything you said. Yeah, we can get into how much I dislike this version of the Jedi and what they represent, but... Yeah, the, there's a lot of lines that George brought back for this movie. Like, one of the first lines we hear is Obi-Wan saying, oh, I have a bad feeling about this. And oh yeah, the too God. young thing, it just feels comical and stupid. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. No, John Favreau can do that. That's the only person that can do that. Um, oh, there was one thing that made me absolutely angry. And that was, and I didn't remember this. And it's not because I'm religious or anything like that. It's just so... Oh, I, I can't believe they did this. When she explains, uh, Anakin's mom explains that he's basically uh, Jesus. He's immaculate, the immaculate conception. I was like, you have got to be kidding me. Why can't she just say, <laughs> oh, uh, I don't know. It was a guy that I met at the canteen or something. You know, it. Yeah, oh, that was Yeah, so... like children of men. Yeah, <laughs> just, oh, man. Like, oh, that whole prophecy angle. Oh. And yeah, we have this messiah. Uh, and he's Darth Vader, and he's the chosen... Uh, yeah, Jesus. Oh, it's so... One of these <laughs> things is not like the other. One of these things has been inserted <laughs> to, like, you know, cover up... I, I don't know if it's covering up stuff. <laughs> and again, we can discuss their whole prophecy about bringing balance to the force. Okay, but first, Eric, you, you had something, so go. Go ahead. Sorry to interrupt you, Caleb, but Eric, you go. Oh, uh, no, I was going to say, when it came to the age issue, the bigger concern to me... Or the, 
the whole Concerned. idea of him being nine and 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 uh, Padme being fourteen and all that awkwardness and ew. Young girls don't. I mean, especially young girls. Literally, young girls don't usually go for even younger boys. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's, it's 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 a weird dynamic. And of course, I mean, it's not that it doesn't happen. It does happen in real life, but it's just another weird thing, um, another weird distraction to wrap your mind around. Especially ones that look prepubescent, <laughs> and you're a fucking queen. <laughs> and also, she's already a child. And and look, she's already a child queen anyway. Her character. Why couldn't they just be the same age, whatever age it is, whether they're nine yeah. or twelve or whatever? Why can't they just be the That's- same? Well, according to creepy. according to Canon, I looked this up. They're only a difference age of five years. She's five years older than him. Right, fourteen and nine. But still, oh, it makes a big difference at that age. I don't know. I... Oh, I just saw the scene of Jar Jar stepping in some shit on the ground. Love oh that. no, that's nothing. I mean, when they got to the fart scene, it's not really a scene. Wow. The fart moment. I'm like, <laughs> did you? Did you? Did, did somebody <laughs> made this? You know, Michael Bay. Michael Bay stepped <laughs> in. Oh, oh no! Can I direct this scene, George? That's where he <laughs> got all those jokes from. From Revenge of the Fall. He must have been oh, the other study. He must have. He must have been the real fans of Menace working behind the scenes on this movie. Wow! Not Roland Emmerich. Instead, it was Michael Bay under Lucas all along. No, when you get to the, the weird humor stuff, I mean the weird racial stuff, unintentional humor stuff. Oh wait, it actually makes sense now. Oh golly, that's not good. Goodness gracious! Natalie Portman. Thank Farrick. Natalie Portman, apparently, I heard this on a podcast, she hates that people bring this up. She does not like these movies at all because she sucks in them. She is terrible, and she knows it. And God bless her. I mean, she went on to win an Oscar, and she was nominated for a couple more, if memory serves. But, uh, yeah. Not not in this movie, in, in other movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my people not are dying. Fault. Yeah, she. she <laughs> not her fault. You know what? Yeah, you're you're right, kind of. Um, but yeah, there like there is a scene. I think it's in the next one, and I know we should probably, you know. Oh no, it's not her that says it. It's Hayden Christensen. It's like sand; it gets everywhere. No, I mean, but because they're all giving bad performances, and I don't remember what the deal was. I I can't remember the specifics of what it was of what. George Lucas's marching orders were like to everybody, because everybody has a weird performance in this. It's not just her. Um, I mean, because all these actors, Ewan McGregor's not like this in anything, you know. Um, what's his name? Qui Gon. Uh, everyone's stilted. Liam Neeson. The only one who kind of matches the climate of the movie is, I guess, the actor who plays Palpatine. I guess he fits in. But everybody else Ian is, is strangely off. Yes. Um, everyone else is strangely off in this movie. Um, and, and there was some sort of marching order. I don't remember what it was. Um, and, but, you know, that's... And that's the other thing that hurts this movie, especially if you want to compare it to the originals, is is everything seems unnatural. The, the characterizations. Um, everyone's far too stoic and placid and, and just, like, no one seems comfortable in their own skin. The characters... Um, yeah, I absolutely agree. That is absolutely true. Yeah, I I think from behind the scenes, George Lucas was definitely more focused on just being able to make the effects work. And he hadn't directed a film in a really long time at this point. At least when he made Star Wars. He was still never a great director of actors, but he had more experience. At this point, it had been like, what, 
since uh, the first movie. I don't think he directed anything in between then. Probably, so, you're probably right. Just got even worse. Uh, uh, Howard Duck or Howard the Duck? No, <laughs> didn't direct that. Oh, okay. But, he didn't direct that. I thought he did. But yeah, I actually think Natalie Portman. I actually think Natalie Portman is the worst of the actors in this. And Isaac did. <laughs> Why is that? Yeah, she did say that she was very unhappy on this set. She had been isolated for a long time without any sort of entourage, which she was used to working on these kind of movies. So I, I guess partway through the production, she decided in protest that she just wasn't going to act. She was just going to read her lines, and that was that. That's not very so. professional. <laughs> That's not very professional. You know what? I'm going to decide I'm not going to pay her. So there. there. Well, no, I'm not the boss, but you know what I mean. Yeah, and, and she, she, had, she also admitted that that was not professional. And when it came to the next movie, she was like, okay... I'm gonna really, really gonna put in my work and give a good performance, and we'll talk about if she delivered that. But <laughs> oh boy, that's for the, that's for the next one. Heck, even General Zod, who finally has control of a planet, he was he's looking very forward to to meeting her just because of uh, her previous work she had done. I guess in, what in the professional or whatever movie she was nominated mm -hmm. for an Oscar for. He was he was very excited to work with her, and yeah, I I don't, I don't know. It was kind of a how did you put it? It was uh, wasn't exactly up to what he expected, and he's also not a fan of uh, George Lucas there, so he was let down by the, all of it. <laughs> yeah, and all those scenes when she's the queen, I don't know what's going on with her voice or her face. Everything it's so weird. <laughs> like her <laughs> or the double? Uh, her, but it's the double is kind of an interesting point. I was gonna ask, did anybody f fall for that? Was anyone tricked? Was anyone surprised? <laughs> when we discovered that the handmaiden was actually the queen? Yeah, Qui-Gon. <laughs> Gasp! <laughs> Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan sure look like, oh, wow. Oh! Very clever. Well, Qui-Gon knew. Qui-Gon uh, I, th I thought he did, but then he had that moment. I was like, You pulled what? a Jedi mind trick on me, you sly dog. Clark Kent can't be Superman. Clark Kent wears glasses and Superman doesn't. Bruce Wayne can't be Batman. It's impossible. We only ever see his chin. <laughs> and like, and she's still holding on to it, like at the pod race when he's like, "No, the queen wants this," and she's like, "You presume too much." And then like, she's still <laughs> going with the guy that nobody knows who she is. Yeah, when she does that thing where she like sits down and folds her arms, I can't remember what she says too. <laughs> he's like, "Oh, the queen trusts my judgment." She's like, well, I don't. She sits there and pouts. It's like, oh, man. She's the leader of this planet. It's like, geez, so, you're a, a, a rascally handmaiden. Was <laughs> a rascally handmaiden. Ooh. Um, it's a handmaid's tale. What do you expect? <laughs> oh, geez, no. So Kira Knightley played the fake queen, apparently. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's right. Oh, she played. Yeah, she played one of them. Yeah, yeah it's her first on screen appearance in anything. Yeah, that's kind of fun. Um, another place person who played a handmaiden was uh, uh, Coppola. Um, oh, Sophia Coppola. Oh, Sophia! Oh! Sophia, yes. Yeah. She, she oh, played a handmaiden as well. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, of course, her dad, a big friend of uh, George Lucas. Yeah, this reminds me of when we found out that Lily Allen played a handmaiden in Elizabeth. Uh, <laughs> oh, <yeah>. okay. <laughs> Which she, of course, is sister to Robbie Allen, who was in Game of Thrones. And there's a Game of Thrones connection here. Apparently, the old guy that's like the Queen's advisor, I don't know what his name is. He was one of the Meisters or Master, whatever, Meister somebody in Game of Thrones. That doesn't surprise me. Wait, 
um, dude from uh, Empire Strikes Back is one of the Meisters in uh, Maesters oh, Game of Thrones. Yes. I'm not sure if there's another one. Also from Indiana Jones. Oh, yeah! Uh, what's his name? Right, Indiana Jones. Yeah, Donovan's character. Also from the City of Death. You know who I really felt bad for? Uh, not um, Jar Jar, but you know Anakin's, uh, I don't know what you call this race, but the uh, Greedo Herodian? guy. Yeah. Is that what they're <laughs> yeah. called? That's Warwick Davis. Oh, really? Oh, okay, that's interesting. Because this movie everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Uh no, that's true. It's uh he uh I don't know, it's something about that character, even though I didn't understand anything he was saying, is he was kinda like kind of special needs, do you think? My goodness. I know, I just like he's probably like, Oh, we have to invite him. Yeah, my mom goodness said oh. gracious. Yeah. Sir. Well, I'll just say all the kids during that scene are terrible. George Lucas is he's just not a good director no, of actors for some reason i watch that see it's on screen right now but <laughs> so embarrassing. the rodian the stock kid laughing even though he's little in size oh. the rodian seems like an adult to me compared to the other kids yes. even though he's in full costume the way he moves is just oh. yeah because there was just a, a young rodian in in the tv uh star wars universe recently and that kid came off much better as a kid rodian than this Special needs Rodian. Oh, we need a different. Um, time, but, oh, jeez. Yeah. Well, the worst thing about that scene is fucking Jar Jar, just distracting the whole fucking. Oh God, he drives me crazy. I hate him. <laughs> I hate him. <laughs> and like you said, he, it's not that he's just like a, a stupid character and stupid. Like he's actually just a complete moron. Yeah. Everything he does, it's just this. Yeah, it's slapstick Mr. Magoo routine. It's. <laughs> It's terrible. It's one of the worst characters in movie history. And I feel so bad for the guy that played him. Oh, boy. We've talked Mm -hmm. about this already. But I know. There's another thing that I really hated. And, you know, Steven Spielberg would have probably taken this and done something cool with it. But George, he can't. I mean, George, really, with all this money that he that he got from Disney, I think he really needed to work on his chin. But that's really beside the point. Every time I oh, see him in, in an interview, I'm like, you really need just, you know, some cool sculpting on the chin there, George, oh, because, man. Every year it fades further back. That's just really rude. I shouldn't have said He's that. He's into Mas Kanata. I'll cut that part out. <laughs> Uh, I mean, not Moscanada. I'm sorry. I meant, I meant Boss Nass. I'm, I said the wrong name. But the part... I didn't remember this, but the part where Anakin, or Annie, whatever you want to call him, inadvertently becomes a fire pilot. Oh. That's... Yeah, let's let's save some of the climax stuff, because I've Wait, got... Let's try Wait, that's not, that's, not, that's not too far-fetched. What's too far-fetched is that we have all these trained fighter pilots, and then, yeah, Anakin just stumbles through and solves the whole thing. Uh, so, it's just like Jar Jar. Jar Jar is a fucking idiot, and he, like, ends up doing all that good stuff. He blows up that one tank, and it's like, I don't want to see this moron succeed anymore. I just want him to not be on the screen. Since <laughs> since we're here, and since we've already gone through all the episodes, not really all the episodes, but since, okay, okay. Caleb, who's more poor? Okay, so every every single person in this movie is a poorly written character. Who's a worse poorly written character? The whole cast of episode one or Ray? <laughs> oh, the whole cast of this movie. Really? Episode one. Episode wow. One. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Episode okay. one. I like Ray. I like Ray. <laughs> Definitely this movie. I like Ray despite her, her perfect flaws. <laughs> I'll take I'll take Ray being a Mary Sue 
over fucking Mr. Magoo Jar Jar. Oh, any day. Again, watch that climax. He's just any stumbling day. through. Oh, 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 I'm just a big moron. Oh, everything's working out. Fine. I don't think Jake or Anakin. Is, he's not nearly as bad as Jar Jar. Um, in in movie or not. Oh, a tier list of who's the worst. See, first of all, it's because the original Obi Wan Kenobi in A New Hope had that line to Luke. Uh. When I first met your father, he was already an accomplished pilot. Um, so, so to try to stay in with that, um, that's where you get the whole pod race thing. And see, that's where he's the only human who's ever been able to compete in pod racing. So he has uh. some bona fides already. He has some significant... And yeah, maybe it's because he's so in touch with the Force order. But again, boom, that's another reason why um, it's not totally crazy. Uh, there is some insane dumb luck that happens in the space fight oh, he was born without spin so he can uh, he can do anything born without what <laughs> born just the jesus born without sin I th- oh i thought you said skin i th- i thought you said he has no foreskin i'm like what <laughs> <laughs> that can be true as well we don't know what it's like in Kathleen. i thought i thought you said he was born without spin and i was like wait a second do I not know something about his equilibrium? <laughs> it's because he has no foreskin. That's why. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Briss. That's the Super Jew. Like, that's, that's... Jesus Christ. Oh uh, no, that's Anakin Christ. Sorry. Oh yeah, oh Anakin Skywalker, sir. That's that's what they say now in Episode Seven. They should have said Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, and I just really need to point out again in the original trilogy, no talk of chosen ones, no talk of immaculate conceptions. I mean, this is all bullshit made up for this movie. <laughs> I just... <laughs> but wasn't Luke... I mean, I've only read one of the books, and I don't even think I finished it. It was, like, way back when I, like, was 10 years old. Wasn't a lot of this that we see... Wasn't a lot of this... Didn't this all sort of evolve from the books? Yeah, in terms of, like, the planets and the species, but I don't think they had any sort of chosen one narrative. Oh. At least that, not that I've heard. Maybe you know. Eric. No, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. I read the I read the original books, um, and yeah, they had a little bit more. But what Caleb said, I yeah concur. Okay. Yeah, and George Lucas was definitely thinking about the old biblical epics of old Hollywood, like he kind of viewed himself like a Cecil B. DeMille, where he's like, oh, I'm gonna just like those movies revolutionize what people saw as like spectacle and special effects. That's what he wanted to do with this movie. So maybe just looking back at the biblical epics, just point him in the wrong direction with all this crap about yeah jesus anakin and like oh god it's so terrible yeah uh, <laughs> i have a weak theory that i that i've been sitting on for years it's it's weak i don't have much evidence to it but um uh, once i started watching game of thrones when it became popular and i was reading the books when it was all popular um i had this idea that man the original game of thrones book came out in 96 I'm sure George Lucas read it because, you know, he reads stuff like that and he reads popular stuff like that. And everyone would have been reading it who was into fantasy or anything like that in 96. So I feel like he must, he would have got a little tiny bit of um, inspiration from that. And I I feel like that would have added to his um, political intrigue that he injected into this stuff. Um, I'm not saying he took anything directly, but I think he was inspired by that a little bit and, I feel a little bit about that, uh, a little of that with the the changing of who's in charge and, you know, that type of thing and different factions. I don't know. I feel like there's a, a loose, a light 
um, influence from that. But that's my it's one of my weak theories I've been holding on for for a few years now. <laughs> that's interesting. I never thought about that, but yeah, could be a loose connection there. But definitely the focus on politics is a huge change from those original movies. And yeah, I totally get why people hate that stuff, but I think it's somewhat interesting here, and I think it's even more interesting in Attack of the Clones. But I feel like both of them, it's not handled well enough to make anything out of it. And, and Lucas said that, yeah, he, he based some of those characters off of um, Newt Gingrich, Th- uh, Dick Cheney, <laughs> Bush. Yeah, 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 he openly said that. It becomes painfully obvious by the time we get to Revenge of the, the Sith what he's doing there. Uh, okay. You know, I don't mind... Okay, it's the, I don't mind the political intrigue. I sounded before like I didn't understand it or I didn't like it. I got the whole thing, you know, that he was manipulating the Queen to get him in office, okay? Mm-hmm. When really, you know, it, it, it doesn't... Isn't uh, Jimmy Schmitz... Isn't he one of the uh, guys that he ran against? Yes. And even though Jimmy yes. Schmitz isn't in this one... <laughs> I'm a Star Wars nerd. I knew that. They, they don't show him that they mentioned yeah. it. Um, yes, Bail Antilles. Or Organa. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. It actually is Antilles. Oh, that's right. They screw up in this one. Uh, did they do? Did they fix that? Or is it only on no, the... No, they said Bail Organa. No, they said... Well, at least in my, on Disney+, Plus, they said Antilles. Yeah, because I remember we pointed that out in the original commentary. We were shocked. I mean... They said Bail Antilles. Yeah. Could it just be that he took his wife's name, which is Organa? Because isn't she the queen of... Uh, Alderaan. I wonder what scene that was. I, I'm not sure. I'm curious to go that back. Was, uh, that was in, like, the scene when him and Padme are talking. Yes, he com- yes he comes out of the chamber after... after By the-, the way, I never realized that he was from Naboo. Uh, that, was, <laughs> that was something that I didn't realize. Yes, I was going to say that earlier. It's just another weird thing to think about. Oh, wait. Sorry. The Naboo. Not Naboo. The Naboo. <laughs> <laughs> and I do really like that touch, because, yeah, it makes him such a fucker. His own people, he's the one he's screwing over. I love that. <laughs> Son of a gun, yeah. that's what he is. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, we see a glimpse of my favorite all-time Star Wars villain, Jabba the Hutt. I think I, I had a strange homosexual crush on Jabba the Hutt when Return of the Jedi came out. And oh. then I... I just can't explain. I wanted the the, the action figure or whatever the playset is what they. Oh, I did too. It. I did too. I did, and, and I got it. Oh my god! I remember my aunt got it for my birthday. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't find it. Every time we'd go to the store, I couldn't find it. You know, it'd be you know sold out or whatever. And, uh, but then what they did to him later on, <laughs> I, I just yeah. You know, there's that there's that uh, South Park episode. Now you probably all know which one I'm talking about. Where they're talking about how uh, Steven Spielberg and George Lucas just basically raped certain people of their childhoods. Oh God, I hate that. With with what they did with uh, actually, this isn't so much Spielberg. I should take that back. Yeah, Lucas. Not Spielberg. Wait, did Spielberg and Lucas do Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? Yes, yes. they did. Oh, they okay, did. They both did that. Okay. Yeah, Spielberg's on, and they've done a new one now too. And they've already said there's going to be one after that. If it ever comes out. <laughs> oh, hell I have a confession. Yeah, if Harrison Ford survives. Oh. Okay, James Cameron. I'm still waiting for Avatar 2. Crashes another plane. Or... <laughs> oh, fuck him and his Avatar movie. Don't get me started. <laughs> if anybody wants to hear me bitch about Avatar. No, 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 no. It's the Star Wars. We'll talk about Avatar another day. 
Oh, let's just listen to our episode of the Best Picture podcast about Avatar. You got it. And you can hear the total, like, you know, you can hear Eric waps. Sean not caring and Eric, yeah, wanking off the movie. Sorry. Okay, Eric. why why did Star Wars or sorry why why did why did George Lucas uh, assault people or violate people's childhood? God, I hate that. Well, because it was you know like in my case, Jabba the Hut. You know, it was really great having that deleted scene in Star Wars, but it was just so stupid. You know, um, because they, you know, it's understandable. They changed the way Jabba the Hutt was going to look and they made him into that really cool, you know, monster that we see. And he makes an appearance here. And I feel like um, I, uh, and he looks like an idiot. I mean, he. (laughs) That's what I was going to say. looks like a sleepy, silly fuck. Yeah. A sleepy, silly fuck. Do you think Donald Trump used to say that? That goddamn Joe Biden, he's a sleepy, silly fuck. (laughs) It doesn't sound. It doesn't sound like Donald Trump. Uh, Huts for gangsters, as you can see. Total. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Have you? Yeah. Did you know, Caleb, that Tatooine is now uh, has slavery. Oh. Hey, um, there's worse huts out there. I guess there Jabba. Are. There's the yeah. Water. There's. A, I'm not. I don't want to say it, but there's there's a a homosexual hut from Louisiana that's in Canada. Have you heard, Sean, of a? Uh, yes, that's of, that's what I was gonna pull yeah. out. I wish I could do that voice, but I can't do that voice. Oh boy. What? Yeah, Sean, if you like Java, then you should check out the Clone Wars episode that introduces us to Zero the Hut. No, no, no. Movie. Movie, not episode. Yeah, there, there's there's a hut, possibly homosexual, and from the bayou. Yeah, it sounds like Truman Capote. <gasps> no. It sounds just like Truman Capote. I need to see that. And he's got like a tattoo or something on him. and No, it's even yeah, better. He, he's, he looks like um, uh, Trudy Capone. T- uh, yeah, true. Trudy, Trudy Capone? <laughs> Truman Capote. True, sorry. Oh, Truman Capote. Yeah. <laughs> we go back to our murder by death review. Has a lisp and sounds like they're from southern Louisiana. Yeah, I guess Eric, I don't know what Truman Capote sounds like, but yeah, no, it's 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 like he's doing an impression. It's hilarious. Yeah. Absolutely hilarious. I'll figure out the name of the hut. I'm a gay job in a hut. I, I can't even imagine what that's. So, it's but not that's good. Or it's, it's everything you imagine, though. It's wonderful. I absolutely love it. <laughs> It delivers <laughs> on our description. The thing is, is that, you know... Uh, Zero the hut. And I think I know Z-I-R-O. the answer to this. Z-I-R-O. So if I go to YouTube and just I want to see something yes. with... Okay. Yes, do it now. Just do it, do it now. I want to <laughs> hear what you have to say yeah. about this guy. Cause Look at that. He's him. got a, like a, a whole body chest tattoo. Yeah, he's, he's a little sexy <laughs> with that tattoo. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just kidding. What? Wait. Okay. I gotta play some audio of Zero the Hut. Yeah, you can play the audio. Please do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here he cup popped right up. Zero the Hut. <laughs> There's only one of them. Truman the Hut. Okay. <laughs> All right. Truman the Hut. I think I... Zero the Hut visits Mama. Oh, no. It's only about a minute long. Yeah, I'll play this one. Oh my god. He's got the huge tattoo on him. It sounds like uh, Rue McClanahan and the Golden Girls. There's a reference. <laughs> oh, Zero. Oh. I need a toy Zero. <laughs> no, I want to watch this. I want to get John drunk one day and get this tattoo on his shoulder. Oh no. <laughs> I get that. Oh, don't do it. <laughs> Well, now I want to watch this show. I didn't know that uh, the Clone Wars. It's a Wars good show. Big... I would say watch yeah. the intro movie first, and then like go from there. 
Just because you'll get more of him there, I'd say. Okay. Oh, the movie's so bad. It, it's oh, you get plenty of zero, but the movie sucks. Uh, oh, by the way, okay. Eric, on Disney Plus, I just went to the scene. Yeah, they do say Bale Antilles of Alderaan. It is a curious little screw up there. <laughs> so I'm going to say back on target. Back on target. Yes, there you go. Uh, in this in this, <laughs> in movie this movie that we're talking about. Yeah. So Job of the Hut. Uh, you just stupid like it's dumb and i don't mean he looks dumb i mean i can deal with that you know it's cgi whatever i wasn't you know mm-hmm. uh, i'm although i'm really curious does he have a wife who is that other one in the background yeah his wife his wife it is okay wife, I, I mean where else did stinky come from stinky. well they were they were yeah that's again the clone wars again they were uh they could reproduce uh, asexually but but yeah definitely stupid and i just think it's stupid <laughs> Wait, I definitely think it's. Stupid. He said it so quietly, like he didn't want to say it out loud. <laughs> You're so embarrassed. I was trying to, just trying to get back on track. Yeah, that's right. Gardula, Gardula is the wife. Okay, because uh, his mom, Anakin's mom, says that she belong. Isn't doesn't she work for her? No, they were both work for what's his name, the Armenian guy. <laughs> <laughs> Your Republic credits are no good here. He's doing the hand thing. He's oh geez, yeah, it's embarrassing. But okay, so uh, Lucas had that the 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 you know let's never watch any other version of Star Wars version of Star Wars where they brought Jabba in in that scene with Han and Han steps on him and people said this about like it's so stupid. Why did he do that? Blah 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 blah. So he turns around and he does the same fucking thing with Jabba in this. He he brings him on. I mean, Jabba's, like, big and scary, right? He's supposed to... And he's just dumb. He's mm-hmm. spitting out a gong. He's pushing little rodents on the... I'm like, I want to see... You know, I want to see Jabba be a badass. I don't want to see... You know what I mean. <laughs> it's just... Yeah, and yeah. that brings up a broader point of just... Why bother returning to tattooing? What value did we get from that? I mean, again, the pod race scene was kind of cool, but how stupid is it that Anakin... Is that Luke is from the same planet that Anakin is from, and how come Vader didn't find him there? Maybe one day he'd be like, oh, I'm going to go to my old homestead. Oh, Obi-Wan, you idiot, you left my son here. I guess I found him. Time to introduce him to the dark side. So I always hated that. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I always, it always, when I first saw this movie, it really bothered me that at the end of the day, when you think about it, C-3PO was invented by Darth Vader. And that just doesn't seem right. And it just turned out everything just went and it turns out that R2-D2, which I, they shouldn't be in this in this movie. Mm. God, I got so mad. When when uh, R2-D2 goes out on the outside of the ship and he fixes the ship, I, he repairs the shields, I think. And all the other R2 units get blown off, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> wow. I don't know why. And then they bring R2-D2 back in the ship. I thought that was amazing the first time. And he's like... The guy's like, oh, about, uh, you know, this little droid has served us well. You've earned a place. You know, if I get a great haircut, I don't give the the blow dryer, you know, thanks or congrats. It's, I know this oh. is the Star Wars universe and droids have their own, right. you know, unless, unless they work for Droid lives right. matter. Oh, uh, not so much. Uh, my favorite part of that scene is right afterwards. The queen's like, oh, Padme, I'm assigning you to clean this droid. Like, what the fuck? Did Padme, like, poker? Like, hey, let me clean this guy up here. Was she just fucking with her? Like, <laughs> it's nice to be like, queen. No, I think it's because the queen, for some, the real queen, wanted to... 
I want to see one where like Padme is actually like a queen. Like, and by that I mean like a gay man. Like, oh no, girl, no. <laughs> Zero. Zero the Padme. Jeez. Oh, well, it's funny those two interact. People are totally dying over here, okay? No, no, okay. We, we, played by Dan Levy. We were t- talking about how. <laughs> That'd be cool, actually. Tattooing for a second. Here's something I've always wanted forever. And I, I guess there are different ways to answer it. But so the garb, the traditional garb of tattooing, like how, um, you know, Obi, the original Obi-Wan, he dressed just like Uncle Owen. Tusken Raiders have similar garb. Um, even Jawas uh-huh. with their little hoods. Uh, and, you know, that was like, that's the Tatooine style or whatever. But it's also the Jedi style. Um, like all the Jedis on the council, even Yoda. You know, Yoda dresses mm-hmm. that way. Um, and like, and even Ray, who's from that other planet. Um, I don't know. I Jakku. can't think of her planet. That's the name right now. Okay. Jakku. She dresses in the same style, even before, you know, she gets involved with Jedi and Force and all that kind of stuff. So, like, what's the deal with that? And and I've always wondered, is it because, like, historically, Jedis have some weird connection to Tatooine themselves? It's poetry. It rhymes. Uh, But, like, what's the deal with that? Why do they all dress like that? Um, Yeah, Isaac just answered. (laughs) What did he say? (laughs) It's it's poetry. It rhymes. Yeah, I can't escape. I can't escape the fact that I've seen the George Lucas making ofs and know how lazy he was with a lot of his ideas. So, yeah, that that's my answer, too. I was going to say, the true answer is they probably just backwards extrapolated. See, it made sense yeah. that Obi-Wan would be blending in with the locals, but then they just expanded it outward, but it doesn't make sense. So then you have to come up with your own um, like headcanon to explain it. But it just makes me think that there's... Yeah, there's something about Tatooine that just makes it the center of the universe, even though it's on the outer rim. And that's why it keeps coming Ooh. up in stories over and over and over again. Well, that's that's the in-continuity answer. I think we all know the out-of-continuity reason why we keep going back to Tatooine. But... <laughs> Money. Caleb, what did you think of the fact that Tatooine now has slavery and that Jabba the Hutt rules the entire planet and probably the... Well, okay, so he was a... Uh, he, he was a notorious um, Dymo. Uh, gangster back in, in yeah, there you go. Uh, was a notorious gangster back in episode six. Didn't know if I forget if it, like he actually had control of the entire planet itself, non special edition uh, counting. And now he's just the ruler of the entire planet. What do you think of the fact that this place still has slavery and that the Jedi have done nothing at all uh, to wipe out slavery? <laughs> That's the part that I really don't like. I don't care about the changing it to have slavery it's the fact that like um yeah koigan's like oh we're not here to free slaves like it's not really our i thought you're the protectors of peace and justice and you're just like oh yeah. guardians of peace <laughs> and justice my ass pardon my language yeah. oh slavery <laughs> slavery oh well <laughs> oh no it's like jeez, man and I, what i can't stand is too they they leave the mom at the end of this why didn't they go and just get some money and like okay anakin don't worry we're gonna free your mom Come back and, and set her free. Will the Force, midichlorians, and Anakin's little friend. He's he's got his little buddy there running around with him. And what what life did he have? <laughs> Guess he should have had more midichlorians. Yeah, what is he going to do about this? No midichlorians, no Jedi. Yeah, stay a slave. Fuck you. So according to my Google search, how many slaves do you think there are today? Today in the world, 
A lot, actually. Slavery still does exist. Yeah, fuck ton. Even in this country. That's what I'm saying. So, according to Google, there's between 38 and 46 million slaves right now in the world. So, I could see how slaves could exist. And the other aspect in, in Star Wars or in this movie, again, the the Jedi, the, this is these, these are their dying days as as an institution or whatever. They don't, they, they don't have the influence they once had. They're sleeping at the wheel. You know, they become like a uh, ineffective bureaucracy they're they've lost touch with what's going on in the, in the real world you know so yeah it makes sense in universe yeah now well, we come to my big problem oh sorry go ahead sean no no your pro- big problem may be my big problem but keep sure. on keep it on what are you gonna say yeah the thing that i could never really get behind even as a kid watching these movies is I was like, oh, you know, I watched these original movies, these Jedi, they seem so, like, spiritual and cool, and and they've got all these cool powers. I can't wait to see what they can do back in their, like, heyday. Then you watch this movie, and they're just, like, these lame, flat, boring, just nothings. <laughs> and, yeah, all they do is sit around and debate, and they just, yeah, they're so annoying. And then especially once you get to the other two, I just start to really, really dislike them. But, but Caleb, two words, Sam Jackson... They have Sam Jackson. The only human there, and he's like just just as flat and empty. It's like, wow. Yeah, he's replacing yeah. CGI. No, there's another human in there. I, uh, I thought the other ones were like... Hey, but there's Yaddle. Oh, yeah, the character has no lines and sits there. and. <laughs> oh, yeah, the proto-comedians. Um, Comedians? I forget how you say them. Oh, yeah, well, did they replace that one with CGI, too? Or is it just the Yoda that they replaced with the CGI? I'm talking about Yaddle? Yeah. I think Yaddle's still Yaddle. I mean, a puppet. Yeah, Sean, did the one that you watched, did you watch the old DVD with... Or, or you said you watched the Blu-ray, so it was CGI Yoda. I have Blu-rays, and I was, I'm was. i actually kind of sad that I'm not watching the original version. I didn't know that was a thing that they did. Fucking lips. Well, no, there's like four versions of, like, Phantom Menace. Yeah. <laughs> but the puppet one, I do, I do miss the puppet... I'm watching the Disney Plus version. I'm like, oh yeah, I love that silly, stupid-looking puppet. I say silly and stupid because I guess they screwed up with the puppet. It like looks way worse than the one in like the original movies, and it has much less movement to it, and it's just awkward and bad, but <laughs> in a fun way. Really? So they they had him as a puppet originally in the Phantom Menace? Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's interesting. Oh yeah. The weird, yeah, strange looking. Yeah, look him up. You can yeah. you can find an image of him. Younger, rubbery. Yeah, they made him younger. <laughs> Air quotes, younger. Younger, really, we need that. Even though it's been like, he's like, what, 900 plus years old? And yeah, then 30 years makes a huge difference. Yeah, 30 years. <laughs> yeah, he's huh. like... Bib Fortuna doesn't look anything like his regular self. In the Are we movie. sure that's Bib Fortuna, though? I'm pretty sure it is Bib Fortuna, the same character, yeah. That's him in his teenage years. It just doesn't look anything <laughs> like him. <laughs> next you're gonna say we're gonna see boba fett in his younger years in the next episode oh hey no spoilers here. Hey. <laughs> i see where you're coming from there wow it's a doozy i haven't seen this one i've always wondered is bib fortuna from the same race of people as this i call them slave girls because uh, twi'leks. every time we see the what twi'leks twi'leks with ala secure or secure excuse me yeah, the one that she was in Mandalorian um, in one one or two episodes, wait, I think. What? Um, oh, wait, I... she what? There's a Jedi one. Yeah, Isaac hasn't seen a lot of that Mandalorian stuff, so he's wait. Just... She's she survived. 
She, what? I thought she was uh, gunned down on uh, on uh, Felucia. You know, he was talking about he's talking about Felucia. Oh, so oh yeah, Sudoku tampon, <laughs> right? Okay, never mind. No, no, no. But, okay, uh, yeah. of course, exactly. No, no. I have no idea what. Okay. Um. <laughs> yeah, we're in rabbit holes now. Completely in rabbit holes. Well, now we got Jennifer. Well, we have Jennifer Beale, the Twilight now. That that's my kind of Twilight. No, not for me. But what <laughs> Jennifer Beale? Yeah, they're oh, okay. Oh, what the heck? It's totally fitting that uh, Sean, you say they're like the sex slave species, because yeah, every time we see them, that's basically what they. Maybe not even slaves, just they only exist for sex appeal, I guess, in Star Wars. Yeah, uh, but, but, but we see some in the Senate here, um, in this movie. and You also see E.T. in the Senate. And it almost looks like, yeah, you do. Oh my god, yes! Yes! But the chief, the chief Twi'lek in this movie, in the Senate, he looks like he has, I don't know, he almost looks like he has three things to me instead of two. Um, I don't know. Oh yeah, the big yeah. one. He's like a little weird. He's blue. He's the alpha male. Because we see the females here, they're they're like doing Sepulveda's what Sepulveda, whatever his name is. They're doing his nails before the pod fighter the before the pod racers. Sepulveda Boulevard. <laughs> Sepulveda. 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 It's kind of a cool character too. And you know what? It really bothered me that the little like shrimpy, you know, cute little alien guy. You know, he accidentally drives into a stalactite or a stalagmite or whatever it's called, and he just explodes and it kills him. But the, you know, the real jerk, Sepulba, he doesn't die. No, yeah. no, he crashes his pod and he seems to survive. Oh, because we couldn't have Anakin being a bad guy and kill him. I mean, Anakin, bad guy. Whoa. Yeah, we would have to edit around that and, you know, to say, like, oh, who uh, crashed who first? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do love I do love the sound effects that those ones make when they crash. Like that one has like a weird like squiggly sound or something. There's yep. the one that's like I always love that. Academy Award nominated <laughs> sound effect, by the yeah, way. Yeah, Ben Burt, you did a fantastic job with the sound here, if if I must say. Yeah, that's some fun shit. Definitely enjoyed the sound there. And it was funny in the uh the behind the scenes making of George Lucas made kind of a dumb joke during the when they were watching like the dailies of these special effects for that pottery scene he's like oh but no one's gonna be paying attention they're all just gonna be listening to the music and everyone in the room like burst into laughter like it was the funniest thing they ever heard <laughs> i was like uh what? <laughs> but there is no music during that scene yeah that's and, yeah that's... yeah uh there's some music there, there's a, there's a few moments near the end near the yeah. end yeah it's funny when you said pod racing scene the first time you brought it up i heard pottery scene and I was for like a minute. I was like, "What is he talking about?" Ghost. As you can see, Tatooine is known for its pottery and its ceramics. <laughs> yeah, me, forgive me, my voice is a little fucked up. Yeah, I was coughing for like five, six. They minutes. can do pottery with the, all the water around the. Oh wait. <laughs> That's not the song. No, it's it's a different song. Oh, right, no, that's right. not the pottery song. Ghost. It's uh, I know I don't know what it is, but it's not that. I'd know it if I heard it. Um. Okay. Uh. Oh. Uh. One more thing. Uh. Y'all said. Uh, all right, Combo. Uh, yeah. Oh. You know what really bothers me? Why didn't you take off your shoe anyway? One thing uh, that you know, everybody here is is not very well written. Eric, you opined that probably Palpatine is the one that that is the best written. I think I I dare to suggest 
that Darth Maul may be the the best as executed villain. Wow. Um, Ten lines. <laughs> well, no, he's not. You know, he was like the the shit when this movie came out. Like they had the Darth Maul. I mean, they had yes. a lot of merchandise. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's pretty badass in this movie, and that was a pretty good lightsaber battle there at the end, if I must say yeah, myself. Yeah, it had my side splitting really hard. Went right through I me. hate you. What? I'm uh, calling the police. Confused. <laughs> I'm very confused. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it had his side... Yeah, just, oh, yeah. god damn. Um, no, no, you're right. I mean... Uh, <laughs> Darth Maul was the greatest thing about the movie. Um, Ray Park has been uh, catching in on that since. He does all the Darth Maul stuff at every convention he goes to to this day. It's pretty cool. And you go, girl. That's awesome. I'd love to have a job like that. I I don't know. What do you What do you think, Caleb? Is was 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 Shaq T more diddled than Darth Maul or, or what? Well, we'll get to Shaq T in a in a couple movies. Yeah, that's later on. But I guess for now, Darth Maul is like the second most diddled Star Wars character in all of Star Wars. I don't know about that, but um, d- diddled? Yes, diddled. Oh, what does diddled mean? Because it sounds like something you know, hanky panky, if you know what I mean. I think that's where it comes from. But now people just yes, yeah. look up uh, Urban Dictionary. I'll uh. I'll let okay. you either leave it to your imagination or whatnot, but it's basically just like screwed over. Is usually used in a yeah. negative context. Yes, because basically Darth Maul here was written ter- like he exited this movie terribly. Like not just getting his side split oh. and falling down a tube, but for the fact that uh, once once again, just like Boba Fett, Lucas made a grave mistake. Um, <sighs> do you just mean in terms of? He had potential to be more interesting. He was... absolutely could have been. No, I'm not saying the Darth maybe equivalent to Darth. Well, I guess so. The equivalent, of, like showing up in all three movies, but there could have been something there. You know what? That's interesting because I agree with you about Boba Fett, but I still think that he had great. He was given, you know, a great send off in this movie. I mean, getting killed isn't getting a great send off, but I thought he was really cool. Um, the only thing that I didn't really appreciate about him is that. He had to have those little flying droids go off and find um, hmm. Liam Neeson, uh, when really he probably could have just sensed the Mandalor or the Mandalorian. The what? Yeah, the Malachorians, whatever the hydroxychloroquine yeah. Malachorians. <laughs> oh, no, let's not hydrogen peroxide. Yeah, he should have been able to sense that or something because they've been able to do that in the past. Yeah, a presence. A presence I've not felt since. Using his key sense from Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that is. That's for the kid. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, I guess we could talk about the Metaclorians just in general. I don't know if he knew the Jedi were there with the Queen at that point in the movie. Uh, I thought he did. I thought. I thought Emperor. The Emperor said that sure. he was there. I can't remember. Or Sidious, excuse me. And I, I, I mean, I agree. He could have been. First time we hear that, by the way. He could have been used better in the entire prequel trilogy, but you know, Filoni did what he did uh, to try to make things right, and I'm not really upset about that stuff. I mean, it's the hit, great it, fixer that he is. There's, there's, it's not all good the way he resurfaces, but um, but overall, uh, if you want to see another badass, uh, one of my all-time favorite lightsaber fights, uh, look for his lightsaber fight in the Clone Wars, his big one. Um, that that's that's something. That is really something. 
I'll keep a half-hearted eye out. But what do you guys think about the Metachlorians aspect? Because again, first introduced here in this movie. Do you guys like the fact that they gave an explanation for the Force? And I, I, I know that a lot of people don't like it. And when he said, oh, there's Metachlorians in his blood, I'm like, okay, I get it. It's something in your body that can phys- physically explain something that appears supernatural. I kind of like that. But then when he explains what what that is to Anakin, he's like, okay, they're parasites? I don't understand what we live off of them. Symbiotes. Symbiotes. Okay. Symbi- symbionauts. Yeah. They're a symbiotic life form, but life couldn't exist without them. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm not sure what that means, but uh, we'll just file that away for later. Yeah, the, I, I just think, you know, I mean, it's not much of an explanation, and I don't think we needed it. So it's kind of like why was it introduced in the first place if, yeah, it doesn't really add anything. The only thing that it adds is I guess we'll learn more about it in the third movie with the kind of reveal of what happened with Anakin, but so maybe we can save it for them. But I, I, I personally, I'm not as offended by a lot of other people. I don't think that's a problem with this movie. I just think it was kind of lamely handled. So didn't really add anything. Mm, I... You know what? It's really hard for me to say that that was lamely handled when we had so many other lame things in this movie. I mean, Jar Jar being number one mm-hmm. um, and some of Anakin's lines being number two and Are you an angel? all that, but... Hopefully <laughs> <laughs> not the angel I'm thinking of. This is pod racing! <laughs> oh, that guy! Yeah, let's get to the climax. Here. Yahoo! <laughs> oh, man. And it blows you up. Boom. Multiple yippies. Yippies! Like, Lord, who says yippie? He has two two different kids saying it. Like, come on. Let's try spinning. That's a good trick, yep. But the climax here. (laughs) Yes, we get this four-pronged climax. Um, Four battles happening on four different fronts simultaneously. Yeah, two of them are silly. And then one of them, the Padme one's kind of interesting, but not super action-packed or interesting. The only great one is the lightsaber fight, and then the other two are just, yeah, ridiculous. Um... Oh, you disagree? Um, I could see... Okay, I've heard for years people not liking that scene just because of, like, the environment they're in. Environment certainly looks interesting, but it's also very, um... Overloading the senses, especially... I mean, there's no strobe effects, which is nice for those who are epileptic but man i could see everybody's complaints about uh about how about why they don't like this that scene couldn't you refresh my memory which scene yeah you're talking about the lightsaber fight yeah the lightsaber fight yeah yeah you're saying that people don't really like this lightsaber fight that's what i've uh, heard from some people is that it's just like the, the, the environment's too distracting um i will give credit to I, I don't know how many stunt guys are there are. I know, obviously, Ray Park did his own stuff. Um, that scene, like, after Qui-Gon's killed uh, between uh, McGregor and Park was amazing. Like, that's that's mm. still really mm-hmm. good. Obviously, <laughs> if anybody does basic fencing or HEMA, they'll, they'll, they'll know that they're not actually, like, trying to kill each other. <laughs> they're, just, they're just flinging their swords around and making it look oh. cool. They're just, like, hitting sticks together, and that's it. It's not really... They're not actually trying to kill each other. 
Well, it's like watching a martial arts movie, you know. That's the point. <laughs> I mean, you're right. Like in 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 real world, real world terms. But I guess if you have if you pretend like the force is real, that they're like playing like three dimensional chess with each other in fencing, and they're all thinking like ten moves ahead. And then I, I guess that's <laughs> that's the explanation for why Jedi lightsaber fights yeah, um, look the way they look, like as if it's almost like a stalemate. Yeah, that's another one of those pieces of fan bullshit. Where was that yep. with the original trilogy? Oh, we didn't need to use that, that excuse back then. Listen, man, I'm telling you, all you got to do is do what Dune did, and it everything works. But I will say, um, I, I get why people complain about, like, oh, there's no emotion during this fight. It just feels like a practice dance. I never really heard that many complaints about the fight myself. I, I That's the only complaint that I've heard, is that there's no emotional... I usually hear it's, you know, it's the, the best part of the movie. Yeah. I usually hear it's the one reason to watch the movie is just for the uh, the lightsaber duel. All, all of you, do yourself a favor. Go look up, was it, what if Obi-Wan had used force speed to get across those energy barriers? It's pretty funny. I was thinking of that. Because we didn't have that kind of silly force speed at the start of the movie. So I was like, oh, why didn't, why didn't that come back? It's been years since I've seen it, but you know how they have those... Um, those uh those Star Wars books where they like they're hand drawn like the cutaway stuff, the cutaway books. You know, uh, stuff? no, like no one's ever oh, seen those no. in the bookstores by DK. Was it DK Publishing who makes? There's the visual dictionary stuff, and then there's the hand drawn oh, okay. cutaway Star Wars mm-hmm. cutaway books, and there's tons and tons of them. You're not aware of these. I don't know what you mean by cutaway books. Are they mostly harmless cutaways? Because... <laughs> no, 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 no. This artist like does these like like it does the Millennium Falcon, but it like takes the walls off, so you can see all the innards, and it shows like a Star Destroyer. Oh yeah, the visuals. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Thank you. Yeah, we've seen those. Yeah, was in Crazy Town for a second. So, visual guides. I think that's what they're called. The one. Well, there's those. There's the visual dictionary, which has actual photographs. And then there's the cutaway stuff, um, or okay. they use another term like cutaway. But anyway, so in the official one for the um, Phantom Menace, and I mean this is me going back to my memories of seeing that book 20 years ago, but it shows like the whole that whole reactor, whatever that thing is, that place, that location in Naboo, and it Steam explains room. what those barriers were, and it has, but it, it's so like. You have to read. You did, the only way you'd ever know is by reading the book, you know, because um, it's like, because it says like it has something to do with Nabubian, Nabooian, Nabooian. We're all immature here. We're we're all immature. Um, it has to do with like their religious beliefs or something, and there's something about like the sacred chamber that has like twelve bears that it has no practical reason to exist other than it's it's like it's symbolic it's like a symbolic thing that has to do with like their religion and traditions of like some type of barrier and that i I just remember reading that in the book like when it's explaining why are the why are there those glowing barriers that open close but it doesn't have a a, an actual practical function it's just it has to do with you don't you know what i'm saying though but you know what I mean? I'm trying to think of a real-world <laughs> equivalent, but it's, like, really hard to think no, of one. No, okay. Okay, 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 all right. So, you're, 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 in your explanation of trying to remember, you're, you're saying words. I'm sort of, 
my mind's putting two and two together of like, okay, so if Naboo seems like they have shield technology and that's coming from either the like the Naboo the, the Nabooians, whatever you want to call it, and then like the Gungans, because the Gungans have gods and they also have energy shields. So maybe there's like a combination or uh, there's a uh, correlation between the two of them. I'm trying to, okay, in other words, the fact that it exists has nothing to do with the functionality of the reactor or whatever. It's superfluous. Like in Galaxy Quest. Yeah. Like it's it's it like I guess it's kinda like oh, I'm trying to think of something in the real world. Um like like how there's no thirteenth floor in an elevator or you know, it has to do with like you know what I mean? That doesn't have anything to do with real life practicality. It's just because of weird human superstitions. Caleb, what do you think of all this? Or those buttons at intersections that say press here to walk. No, they don't do anything. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but that's what I'm saying though. Yes, it, it's it's non-functional to the reactor. It has something to do with their beliefs and like some of their like traditions or religious beliefs is the only reason why they put that stuff there. But it, otherwise, it has no real function. Does that make sense? Yeah, I guess it does. I mean, that's what the book said. That's what the book said. Because um, you know, I, I I'll make this up. Like like in in their culture, there's some belief about the inner twelve chambers. And they just have a belief about that, so they just constructed that those weird barriers that open and close because it ties into like some of their heritage, but it doesn't have anything to do with the function of like the reactor or the whatever. Like ceremonial. So yeah. What it sounds like is there is a Star Wars fan who saw this movie and he was an artist and an author. He probably smoked a bunch of weed and thought up the reason. For those barriers being there, and he's like, "I'm going to yeah. put this in the book." Yeah, yeah. no, you're and right. The publisher was like, "Yes, that's it." That's my answer, Isaac. There we go. <laughs> Thank you chance. very much. No, you're you're totally right. I will say, uh, pointless explanation. For whatever reason, that location was making me think of the uh, when they're going through the old society in Forbidden Planet. Oh, when the, uh, the scientist is taking him through, like, oh, this is what the old society looked like before these people wiped themselves out. And you guys know what I'm talking about. That is a deep cut. I I have never seen that movie. I've seen I've seen it. Although uh, in the commentary they they said that the melting door at the beginning was uh, inspired by Forbidden Planet. I think it was Forbidden. Oh really? Planet. Yeah. Oh okay. I can see that. He was sticking the lightsaber through the door and making the door melt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just saying. And the, oh. and the way their view screens worked in the beginning of the movie that was inspired by old school Flash Gordon. All of a sudden that made. Caleb, I was thinking of Fantastic Planet, not Forbidden Planet. <laughs> Whoops. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, when did that all happen in that movie? Oh, oh, but because we're kind of talking about the climax a little bit, I will say, uh, as much as I was enjoying, I was enjoying that lightsaber fight. I started to really lose track of it by the end because we we're constantly cutting between the three kind of or four sequences. Yes. Yes. And it was like, it was. I would just get like, oh, this lightsaber fight's pretty good. I'm getting engaged in it. Oh, here goes Jar Jar again for five minutes and get off the screen i thought that too i thought it wasn't done as well as say some of the other movies that lucas has done hello what's his what's the the wife probably yeah i thought i, I can't describe it but i i call that the godfather ending because they do that in godfather and godfather part three where they have three or four things going on while there's you know there's a montage of different things happening and it's it's really quick and done nicely and then lucas does it again in, uh, I think, in, in Return of the Jedi. Uh, Absolutely. He tried it here, and 
it didn't work as well, but that doesn't lessen how cool the, the the lightsaber fight was. And you know what? I say that I didn't like the attack, uh, the the scene with um, Anakin or Annie, as they call him. Oh, that drives me crazy. Yeah, little orphan Annie. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, <laughs> little immaculate conception Annie. Oh. Um, the uh, the uh, um, I, I'm sorry. I just must sound like transphobic saying that because if my name was Anna, Anakin, it would drive me nuts if people called me Annie. Anyway, it's like when I was a kid and like old ladies in public would be like, oh, what's your name, little boy? And I'd be like, Sean. He goes, they'd say things like, well, I thought that was a girl's name. And now my 46-year-old self is saying, haven't you ever heard of Sean Connery? Anyway. Yeah, they, they respond, I only know of Sean Young. <laughs> Guys, I looked it. I looked it up. I looked it up for your pleasure, and I'm amazed by my 20, 20 year old memory. Nice. Uh, so I, I found the, the the actual like you know page of the book explanation, and I see it, and it's like oh and the, I'm looking at the diagram right here in front of me. It says here, oh. you know, this little little thing pointing to those little oh. barriers, and it says it says attending to the Naboo respect okay. for tradition. The number of laser doors okay. is a right. deliberate reference to an ancient Naboo legend in which chaos is held back by six impenetrable gates. See? Do you know how Graham Norton has the red chair? <laughs> nope. Definitely do not know that. How? Oh. Why? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Anyway, I can't ever. I'm, would you. Anyway, yeah, that's. Yeah, what was your thought, Sean? <laughs> There's so much information in this book. And oh, oh um, uh, and uh, when when Anakin goes to the Trade Federation, uh, droid oh, okay, ship. I'm so sorry. When I was I was bitching earlier about um, when he's in the cockpit of the of that fighter, and he ends up getting involved, and basically he gets chased around by some Trade Federation fighters, and um, despite the fact that I thought that was dumb, it still looked fantastic. Yes, and Lucas can really direct. I, I, he's. Meh. You can correct me on this if I if I mean I can't think of any other movie where there's actually space fighting like that, but he does it really well. He did it well in 1977. He could still do it 22 years later. Uh, so I got I got a hand him that, and I, I liked watching that because um, I you don't get that in Doctor Who definitely, um, or you, when you do, it's bad. Uh, I'm trying to think of another. Probably Flash Gordon, you would get that, but I haven't seen Flash Gordon in years, so I may be Battlestar Galactica. Are you talking about the space fighting yeah. right now? Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. 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 Both shows, both of them had great dog fighting. Dog fighting, that's, but... a, good, that's a good term. Yeah. Did you ever see Wing Commander at the moot? No. <laughs> no, I have not. I have not. I'm just kidding. Oh, just God, kidding. you're lucky. Hey, it starred what's his name? <laughs> the guy from Serial Mom. Yeah, Freddie Prince Jr. And uh, Matthew Lillard. <laughs> yeah. The one from Scream and, and Serial Oh. School. And he's terrible. He's the Jar Jar Binks of that movie. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb here and I say, just, despite all the crap that these movies you know, tend to get, I think George Lucas is a great action director. I never really realized it before because when you think of it, you know, Star the original Star Wars isn't really that heavy on action, except for the end. This movie is much more heavy on the action, but you have to be a really good director to make it really good and suspenseful. Uh, the only other director that I think does it well is Mel Gibson, and I know we're not supposed oh, wow. to like Mel Gibson, but fantastic. Yeah, I I don't think Peter Jackson can do it, but yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm out there. I'm saying it. 
I can agree with that to some degree. Some degree. It depends which example of his you choose. Unfortunately, Lucas undercuts himself by making it so cartoonish with the terrible humor. Like, yeah, we have this really cool dog fighting scene. I actually think the ships, the Naboo fighters, are really cool looking. But then we get stupid Anakin in there making his little jokes. Oh, turn off the autopilot. Let's try spinning. And they do that terrible spinning effect. And it's like, oh, of course we know nothing bad's going to happen to him. Qui-Gon said to stay oh, yeah. right here. Oh, joy. <laughs> yeah, Qui-Gon, that empty vessel person who I... No, other than his comments, uh, I, I'm perfectly fine with the space thing. Perfectly, perfectly fine with it. Um, uh, just take out the lines and, and a little bit of the dumb luck. But, uh, okay. I'll go with that. Yeah, yeah. But, but the thought I've been having more increasingly, I don't, I really don't like the Gungan, besides all the pratfalls, uh, I really don't like the whole Gungan battlefield part of it, just because... I don't like it either. It serves no purpose. Okay, I guess it's supposed to be a distraction to pull the enemy forces away from the capital so that it'll make it a little bit easier for Amidala's crew. I guess that's it. But it's so archaic. Because, you know, it's like when you watch um, um, battle scenes that are supposed to take place, like, in the 1700s, and, and it's weird because... Or, like, Spartacus, even, the original movie. Like, you just get all the all the toys on the battlefield, you know? You, like, set it all up. Um, but, like, what are they doing? I mean, it makes sense more in historical wars on this planet, but in the movie, what is the purpose of all the droids and the Gungans meeting in the pasture? Like... Like, the Gungans could have just immediately ran away because the distraction's already achieved. It doesn't matter who wins that. But, you know, it's, it's completely all pointless is what I'm trying to say. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, it is. Wait, hold on. I'm, I'm not going to say it's pointless because they were supposed to be a distraction. One of you guys, other guys said that. Yeah, I did. But, but that's it, though. Mission accomplished. It also has no stakes because the only character that we know or care about is Jar Jar, and we don't even care about him. <laughs> but also, it's like these CGI cartoon Gungans versus these CGI cartoon robots, and it's just like, why do I care at all? You're right, and that's the problem. <laughs> and also, I I start I start to think, wait, the Gungans have these weird weapons like catapults and shit, and and, and I'm like, why do they have these? Okay, weapons? He, who are they? Who have they been? That's fighting? a good point. They have no warfare, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, they're against the Naboo. So. Well, no, they're not really against the Naboo because they've been living underground. I mean, they're like uh, Chud or well, something. Probably in their past. <laughs> probably in their past. In their past. I mean, the yeah. Ewoks. The Ewoks. They kicked ass. I don't care what you say about it, like it or not. They mm -hmm. kicked ass, but they were taught that uh, by the rebels. Um, but the Gungans, it's like there's no. I did not like it. Did not like that. I know he, he wanted to go to that well specifically again. He loves the whole. Oh my god, and it goes back to Vietnam. I hate referencing Vietnam. But um yes. but like the backwards like civilization, the 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 um well, just technologically oh. inferior is the uh... you know or instead of going to Vietnam cuz I hate going Viet Cong against US, but you know, let's say the natives against Custer or whatever, <laughs> this whole idea of like the old traditional people fighting like the invaders with their technology or uh Native Americans against Civil War soldiers, right, right. or right. Uh, big tall blue people against evil corporate humans. But going back to this battle seeming pointless. <laughs> Does it sound familiar? Um, it like it's the antithesis of like the the Hoth battle, where 
you feel the stakes and you know there's they're trying to buy time for the transports and it, like there's 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 sense to be made of the battle and what's happening and the progression where this is literally you get these amphibians and you put them on land and then you put this shield around them and then it's just how long can we hold out and then there's just all these like toy robots that are all around everywhere and just and it's all about oh, now we got the shield and then i don't know it's and, and, and yes and it's like a really poorly animated pixar cartoon but like really bad um it's like playing a video game on playstation 2 or something like when you see it now like it, it's just like it's so weird this is gonna sound bloodthirsty but i really wanted to see some gungans get killed oh yeah especially jar jar well, yeah, especially but you and know, then even the Ewoks. It made sense that they were using like guerrilla warfare. Like that would have made more sense, or if they would have drawn them into the water or something, like so they could bring them into their element or something. Like it's super weird. Mm, that would have been great. You're right. It would have been great. It made more sense. Like it's it's just super weird. What I will say, every time that bit where fucking the guys like, don't worry, Jar Jar, I'll think of something. And Jar Jar just immediately is like, I give up, I give up. Every single time it makes <laughs> oh, me laugh. And I don't know if I'm laughing with the movie oh, or laughing just at the fact that this character is still just this cowardly, pathetic, just moron. I don't, it yeah, just so, makes me laugh. <laughs> so let's make him a general. And I wonder, you know, uh, because these movies went through different releases, I just, because I saw it, did y'all notice, like, I wonder if they put this in after, uh, in episode one, but when the tanks first come over the crest of the hill uh in that scene we're talking about uh there's a a, you'll miss them if you blink but those weird those weird um cubert aliens that anakin tries to surf ride in in attack of the clones you know what i'm talking about (laughs) yeah yeah you see them they're like a there's tiny little ones three little there's tiny little ones next to the tanks and i'm wondering if they put those in i saw them yeah no i I wonder but i wonder if they put them in after the fact like i wonder if they're in the original version of of episode one that's or if they tinkered and threw them in Mm. either way they look terrible But I do actually think the droids hold up pretty well. Uh, yeah, they do. I think the droids actually look quite quite good in the 4K. They do, despite your dislike. For and them. The, yes, the 4K makes all the effects look better for all these the prequels. But also because of the CGI in this movie, um, it caused them to downgrade the film quality of everything else. Because you know to try to hide the CG. So that's why this movie comes across as weirdly hazy yeah. and and not very precise. It's because they're trying to um, smooth over all the CG throughout the entire movie. Yeah, I definitely noticed that. But I do really like that scene when all the droids like they un- unfold out of that little machine thing, their tank. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that is. That was because cool. that makes sense, you know. Like they're all on the same network. They're like a symbiote, not symbiotic. That was a word we used before. They're a gestalt, gestalt type of machine because they're all computers in the same network. Yeah, that is very cool. And of course, the original movies had that kind of, uh, yeah, that kind of Nazi element. So I like the kind of furtherance of that industrialized kind of killing element of it. I thought that was a cool kind of continuation, although it's not a continuation. It's a prequel. It also plays into yeah how George Lucas had this idea about the evolution of like the drone type soldiers like you know we start with the most basic being the droid and then of course we'll evolve to the clones then eventually get the stormtroopers yada 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 (laughs) the de-evolution well 
<laughs> just go back to regular people. I have questions about that, but I have to save it for later. Sure. Because uh, there's things that I'm not really clear about after watching Mandalorian and Attack of the Clones. And wait a minute, are they? And uh, um, The Force Awakens. Um, I, wait, I don't there's something I don't understand. Yeah, it changes. Yeah. Okay. But. And I don't know. I don't know if they explain that in the movies or if that's just a clone attack of the clone go or uh, the clone wars. Go ahead, Caleb. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I did have this thought, and I don't know if it was just. I don't know. I don't know what this thought is. But, but the droids, of course, are these you know just terrible, stupid. They're easily killed. They have dumb voices. Except for the destroyer droids slash Jordicas. And I kind of wondered if maybe that was another touch of the racist element because I'm pretty sure that the federation produces these droids Mm -hmm. and i was like is this supposed to be like oh you know you buy your your technology in china and you just get this cheap crap so i kind of wondered since the federation are these kind of weird like asian analogs if there was something like that going on (laughs) i i don't know well i don't know but oh boy but the way they look though the droids i think it's partially explained because well we know that they're going to be made on genosis and so that explains why they look insect-like because they're creators or insects. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh boy, there's another. What? That's another weird thing to get to. Yeah, you went now. Their creators were insects. It's Attack of the Clones. Yes, yeah, we. Yeah, we'll we'll meet them in Attack of the Clones. Okay. The ones who have like the African kind of accent thing going on. Oh god, or not accent. See now the whole battle trance like the Boer War with like the Zulu Nation and and the Dutch. Yes. Oh god. Oh wait, the Genosians? Yes, the Genosians. Oh. Oh boy. Who made every piece of technology <laughs> in Star Wars, including the Death Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, that's that's for the next one. Sorry. I feel like for the next one. More uncomfortable race. Wow, that's <laughs> it makes sense too because they're like a hive like, you know, race and it makes sense how like the droids work as well. I what is a Death Star but just a giant beehive with a laser on it? Oh yeah, because bees, of course, if you destroy the, the queen bee, they all yes. shut down. Yes, exactly. Another great piece of uh, <laughs> just lame plotting. Which they repeat in Avengers, stupidly, even though they're organics. Another piece of really lame. And, uh, <laughs> wait, don't forget Independence Day. Do they do that? Oh god, I forgot all about that. It's Independence Day. Actually, no, wait, Independence Day. Sorry, Lucas stole uh, Independence Day's idea. That's what it was. Oh, the idea's been around for a while. Yeah, I guess I guess that'd be true. <laughs> uh, yeah, where where else do we got? Um, Isaac, uh, you got anything? I got there? yeah, I got <laughs> something that I've been seeing for the whole time. This movie is basically just the Hidden Fortress. Oh dear. <laughs> well, we haven't seen that yet, so maybe wait. We have to... <laughs> how does that work? <laughs> what do I mean by that? Okay, so uh, Lucas was like, "How do I make a plot? How do plots work?" Uh, I made three movies before. How do how do plots work? Um. So he's like, okay, I'm going to go back to the drawing board. I'm going to go back to 77 or 75 whenever he was doing his, like, writing for the entire series, uh, just for the Star Wars, excuse me. And he was like, okay, I'll take the... Because I wanted to make the, the, the Hidden Fortress, but in America. And I'm just going to do... Take a similar structure where there's a princess... Queen, in this case. Uh, there's... Two, there's a plucky comic relief character instead of two characters this time it's just one uh, there's a general slash swordsman Qui-Gon Jinn and they have a epic there's an epic duel at some point that's the duel between Qui-Gon Jinn and then 
Darth Maul uh, on Tatooine at least. And after the end, uh, they're trying to find the hidden four, or at least get the queen back to her people, I believe. Um, even though they kind of go, <laughs> you know, 360 for that, because they, they, first they get out of Naboo, then they go, or the, sorry, they get out of the Naboo, then they go to the Coruscant, then they go back to the Coruscant when uh, nothing's working out. So, yeah, this movie is kind of the hidden fortress-ish. Um, in, not in Namel, obviously it's not direct. But just he just took ideas from from that original uh, thought that he had back in the day. It's got to be a thousand closer analog. Oh no, you've 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 opened up a can of worms, Isaac. You have no idea. He's gonna grab this and run with no, it. No, 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 no. Okay, let's no, see. No, no, no. There's got to be something a lot closer than that. Because the thing about Hidden Fortress, again, if you watch it, it's beat for beat, um, A New Hope. But this is obviously not beat for beat, A New Hope. Um, but, but, uh, I'm trying to think, of, there's gotta be, there's gotta be more than one thing, like, a lot closer to this, uh, than that. I don't know, I have to, I have to think about this longer. Oh, another thing, uh, the Podracer announcer, I didn't look this up, but I, I heavily suspect that's the same guy who voices Cotton Hill from Hang uh, King of the Hill. Hmm. Well, it's Greg Proops, I don't know if Greg Proops works on, on that, but. I used to listen to his podcast back in the day, and so when I was watching this the last time we did it, I was like, hey, there's that guy. He used to listen to his podcast. <laughs> I have two very weird memories about this movie um, that I don't know if they're true or not. And um, it, this is going to come out of nowhere, I know, but when I lived in Chicago and I was a little kid, I was about five or six years old, and my mom and I were shopping uh, uh, late at, not late at night, like at midnight, but basically her car didn't start and there were these really nice people that worked in like a clothing store and they gave me and my mom a ride home and it was like a guy and like two girls when i say guy and two girls i mean a man and two women um and the ladies were like you know little kid they're asking me questions and they're like well what do you you know what do you enjoy and i said i like star wars and i swear i have this memory and they said well you know george lucas who made star wars he wants to make more movies and they're going to take place before star Wars took place. Wow. And he's going to make a whole bunch of them. And I have this memory and I'm like, I don't remember other than this lady telling me the stranger that this was a thing. Um, so, you know, it makes me think, you know, at some point did Lucas say in an interview in like 1980, like, oh, I have ideas for three prequels to this film. And maybe he had them all in his head or he had treatments this whole time. And he was just waiting for, you know, the right time to unleash them upon the world. Uh, the other strange movie uh, memory, I should say, uh, that I have about this movie is I attended my first. And this is about Doctor Who. I attended my first Doctor Who convention in 2000. Who's laughing? Uh Nobody? Crickets? I don't, I don't think anyone. You're just waiting for no, that. I Eric was laughing. I wasn't laughing. Okay, no, I just... Maybe Tom poked in, his head in. Oh, here he goes. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm just always... No, he's in the other room watching his uh, Sex in the City show. Okay. Uh, but uh, I I went to my first Doctor Who convention in Chicago in, I think, the year 2000. The year 2000. And they did this live auction where they auctioned up a bunch of... Sh they auctioned off a bunch of shit and... Um, there was one thing, it was a small TARDIS, maybe about two inches tall, dollhouse size. And uh, apparently, one of the guys that worked in this movie and did the production design was a big Doctor Who fan. 
Oh. Um, and he made sure, and this does not make any sense at all when when I know about how this movie was made. He said that the production, this guy made sure that at some point in the movie, a TARDIS would be seen in the background. What? I'm going to say what to that, too. And you know what? To be fair, based on when the movie came out, it no, it wasn't the sequel to this. I think it was this. Now, when I think about it, like all the all the scenes that we see are all CGI. There are no practical set effects at the, in this at all. Like even the stuff that is practical, for the lack of a better word, like uh, the Queen's throne, throne Room, like I mentioned before, they had to still, still like digitally remove stuff. Um, but I don't know if that's true or not, or somebody paid $200 for a tiny TARDIS that wasn't in, uh, uh, the Phantom Menace, but I swear I remember that. And, uh, I'm pretty sure it's not in the movie and somebody would have caught that and taken it out. Although you never know. There was a, there was a Starbucks coffee cup in Game of Thrones. So, yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now to try to find a picture of it, but I don't find it. But. I couldn't find it either. I looked it up too, and I I feel like either this guy was lying or I dreamt that whole thing. So, yeah. Fantasizing about mixing Star Wars and Doctor Who. There you go. That's I've never done that, for the record. Never done that. I thought of some broad comparisons now. Since you mentioned now. Doctor Who, I, I do have to point out. I see now, Eric. <laughs> I'll just quickly say this, Eric, since it uh, relates to Doctor Who. So, of course, we have three Doctor Who actors that I noticed in this one. I feel like maybe I pointed out more in our initial commentary. But, of course, we have Brian Blessed. So, you have him, King Yorkanos. We have... Wait, I'm so sorry. I have to press pause right quick. Sure. I did not realize that that was, King, that was Brian Blessed, but it makes so much sense. That's yes. pretty good. That's awesome. All right. Yeah. Spin the spit everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, then Hugh, Hugh Corshi, who plays Captain Panaka, the black uh, kind of lead guard for... The queen where's that silly hat <laughs> he was huh. uh, he was in the dogs in manhattan two-parter and then of course warwick davis oh yes so. that's right yes i remember he was uh i'm gonna be if i'm if i'm wrong about this it's gonna look really bad he was one of the people living in uh hooverville right hooverville yep that's right yeah <laughs> no sean he was the businessman but <laughs> Brian Blessed is especially good because he was in, you know, the seven or nineteen eighty Flash Gordon as well. That's it really fits in well. Oh yes. Playing King Arcanos again. Huh. It's a similar performance, not the same character. It fits. But. It, fits it fits. Um so I, I, I you know, on the fly I thought of some things I guess that I could, you know, say that this is like loosely similar to uh like the, the setup in the plotting of this movie um i would say it's a little bit like um some stuff like in lord of the rings and in game of thrones uh in game of thrones it's we have this situation up in the north and we need to go to king's landing and try to get some assistance and and start ringing the bell hey, this is an issue here but the people in king's landing they're they they can't really they can't wrap their head around what's going on out there they don't really care because they have their own things on their mind and, and they're not really willing to help. And that's kind of what goes on um, with the, the Lord of the Rings stuff with Sauron coming back and, and our heroes trying to get people rallied early on to Saruman and everything, but not getting the assistance and the elves not helping them out and councils being pretty useless. Um, and then with Queen Amidala, I was trying to think like about this like child ruler 
And I was thinking, you know, it's kind of like Queen Elizabeth II. It's kind of like Mary Queen of Scots. But then I was thinking it was kind of like The Last Emperor, in a way. The movie The Last Emperor, and, and based on a true story. And, and that childlike emperor who, like, is the last of the line... But then, because of political reasons, completely, like, lose... It, it'd be like if Amidala lost everything with Naboo, and Naboo was just completely taken over. Mm, I think that's excellent. The Last Emperor would be that story. I think that's excellent. And it would be if Amidala failed and, like, lost her whole culture and everything. I thought you were totally going to go to that girl, uh, the little girl in, in Game of Thrones. But, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right with The Last Emperor. Yes, that's exactly what it's like. Yes. Thank you. Hmm. Thank you. Wow. Yeah, what do you guys think Thank of the you. fact hmm. that, because I really wish they hadn't mentioned, actually, I have to mention this. When you said the childlike emperor, I thought, you, I thought Sean, you were going to say it's never ending story. I know, I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> never, never ending story. Oh, but now I think about The Last Emperor, it's even more so, because she, she gets dismissed because of all the war that's starting to happen in, in World War One and all the other po- political things, and that is very much like, what happens with Palpatine and all his goings on, um, and she becomes subservient to like the new—I I can't remember who takes over because the Emperor—and that's weird too because it it goes the opposite way in Star Wars because he's the Emperor but he gets like taken over by like the President or whatever, and here the Chancellor gets taken over by the Emperor. Well, eventually, it's, it's kind of a yeah. There's a lot of connections there. That's worth uh, some thesis for people who get doctorates in the arts. Oh, are these arts, these movies? I just think Dr. Tony Arts are so silly. <laughs> it is it is art. Even Jar Jar Banks is art. You know? But I, I still wish they had not said that Padme was elected to be the queen. That's not a queen. The fact that they're electing children and then calling them queens just makes me think that Naboo society is fucked. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But- By definition, though, isn't... I mean, I don't know if there's a def- real you know, big world definition of a queen, but a queen's uh, title, isn't that usually inherited and not you'd elected? Think, you'd think. And then they're electing these Supreme Chancellors anyway. So yeah. it's like, what? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, pretty weird. Pretty weird stuff. And I also wondered about, because we, like Isaac mentioned, the Gungans are, I guess, religious. And their whole sacred place that they go to is filled with statues that look like people. So I was like, did the Gungans used to worship the Naboo? What's going on here? There's all those little strange threads like that. Are you talking about the ruins? Are you talking about the ruins or are you talking about the ruins? The ruins, yeah. That's that weird Thailand influence. What they'd call a sacred place. Yeah. Yeah, we've got a statue in our house that looks like that. I'm not even joking. It's just a head. I don't know. There's probably some like some type of Star Trek Romulan history. I didn't even think of that. They used to be one race I didn't, and then I didn't something happened and they separated and, and they became amphibians. And... Well, I feel dumb. That's wow. <laughs> what, what are you saying, Isaac? Uh, I I feel dumb. Like the Thailand, I'm like son of a gun. He's right. Yeah, Thai, the the Thailand with the 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 Buddhist statues. I'm like, oh, I'm that's such totally an idiot. what that I can't is. Believe I forgot about that. I don't think I know about this. But weird. I just thought it was a weird choice, and I wonder like what what's what's this trying to say here? Oh my god, I'm looking at the credits now, and it says Jabba the Hutt is played by himself (laughs) i hate that wow i hate that (laughs) yeah you should you are so dumb 
I'll tell you one of the things that I hate that's so dumb. I hate that they keep saying over and over again at the start of the movie when they're going to travel to the Naboo. They're like, oh, you have to travel through the planet's core. Mm. The planet's core is just filled with water. Core. Like, that, that drives me crazy. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a uh, physiologist or a geologist, but I'm pretty sure that that planet would just sort of fall apart. <laughs> well, I, you know, like... <laughs> Because your core of your planet should contain liquid hot magma, now, not water. What you don't know is that Gungans are flat earthers on Naboo. And so they don't really mm, that... truly understand the shape of their planet. How are they flat earthers if they're underwater? <laughs> I was just thinking that. Yeah, just no, thinking. Thank you, Eric. You have solved it. <laughs> I forgot the people who were saying that are complete morons. <laughs> so, yeah, they don't know <laughs> no, but seriously, they could be confused about what the core really means. That's fair. Okay, that's fair. No, I, I, that makes sense. Because they, they <laughs> I can believe that. I, I have something else to add. I forgot to mention before. And this is earlier on in the movie. I feel like, like the Gungan Defense Fund, is, they're, they're going to come after me. <laughs> okay, Sean, go. So, so one thing that bothered me in the beginning of the movie, and I should have mentioned this earlier, is that uh, Jar Jar is like, hey, I give you some place to be safe. It's not Jar Jar's voice at all, but he he jumps in the water, you know, like he's Tom Daly, you know, just jumps in the air and lands in the water. Tom Daly, for those of you who don't know, is a swimmer from England. And if you want to know why I remember about Tom Daly, just Google Tom Daly. Sean knows his Olympic swimmers. <laughs> or Johnny Weissmuller. Weissmuller? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, he played Tarzan and he was a swimmer and... Yeah, he wasn't. Yeah, he was pretty good too. And he has a gut. And then uh, Obi, Obi, no, he doesn't. Shush! Swimmers are known for their gut. I'm telling my story. So, so, so then uh, Obi Wan and Kong Wing, you know, G two, Kim Jong, whatever is Kong. What's his name? Oh, Kong Obi Wan. Kong Jin. Oh, Kong. Obi Wan and Kong Jin Tonic. They're like, okay, well, uh, you know, if if I was, uh, well, you didn't say we'd have to go underwater there, uh, Mr. Jar Jar, but fortunately, we have our magic breathing devices on. And then they swim underneath the water, and I'm watching this, and I know this is, you know, whatever. This is, this movie may not be scientifically accurate, but they're like swimming under, like, 100 feet of water and I'm like your brain should be exploding because this is too because I've swam to the bottom of a 12 foot pool. Jedi meditation they slow their heartbeats oh jeez mm. mm. well hold on hold on expand the, their brain uh, their skull thickness and then they, they walk through the shield okay I can do that the Gungans live underwater and their shields clothes are totally dry hair isn't messed up or frizzy because I hate when that happens when it you know, totally fine. It is wet, but it's not dripping. Hey, what's that goo? It was whatever that goo stuff was. It sucked off all the water. Yeah, Let's see if we get that effect again. That old effect from the Abyss and the T2. They're still damp. They're just not dripping. Yeah, I had another bit of a weird logic thing that I didn't get that I wrote in my notes here. So, uh, when Qui-Gon tells Anakin, Anakin, go hide somewhere during the big climax. And right before Anakin, Anakin climbs into his ship... R2 just suddenly happens to be underneath the Naboo fighter and then gets yeah. pulled up into it. And I was like, wait, what's going on? Why is this happening? 
and then Anakin climbed in. I was like, oh. Will of the Force. <laughs> it's the Force. I guess. Well, okay. It's... Yeah, Will of the Script. <laughs> Plot. Yeah, when, when he said go hide somewhere, it's like, you know, well, he doesn't know where to hide. How the fuck are you going to be able to find him? I mean, that's like that movie, Ready or Not, Go Hide Somewhere. Everybody's going to try to kill you, but go hide somewhere. It's a cool movie. Yeah, yeah I thought I thought Qui-Gon, I like how he even said, like, Anakin, I can't train you yet. Just follow along with us and figure it out for yourself. And he's just putting this poor kid who has no training, his life just completely in danger during this big fight. That seems pretty damn irresponsible. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Qui-Gon Jinn, I'm, just, I'm not a fan of that character. Oh, boy. I also think that Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan could have been just Obi-Wan. Yes. Um, obviously, they wouldn't kill him off, but but again, then again, they do say in the movie like, "Oh, there's always two. You know, even though that's the dark side, there oh, should always God. be two: the the uh, the the apprentice and the master." So, I don't know. Yeah, maybe let's save this rule of two talk for later. But I, that's another thing I really don't like about these movies that they introduced. What? What do you mean the the rule of two? Yeah. Do you know about the rule of two? With the Sith? No, I didn't know that that was officially a thing. Yeah, it's like a thing where there's only ever two Siths at one time, and they're always like looking for a way to overturn the other so that the other one can be in charge, and then they have their own apprentice. And wait, it's like this whole dumb mythology bit. I don't like the Sith just in general. I wish they had introduced them. <laughs> well, what's the issue with it? Or I mean, it is what it is. I mean, so so are you telling me that the Emperor, not the Emperor, but Senator Palpatine, ends up breeding? Anakin to be his Sith? Grooming. I don't know about breeding. We'll get to that. Oh, grooming. I'm sorry. Breeding is probably something else. Yeah, breeding. Breeding. We're talking about Immaculate Conception, Metachlorians, and uh, some of manipulating the Force. Well, we'll get to all that crap in the third film. But... It's at least explained, well, maybe heavily hinted at. Huh. I don't know about it in this movie, but yeah, it's definitely explained in the third film what's going on there. But yeah, no, that's... I just never liked that concept. Now, it's... I guess I guess I can accept it because there are other Force users that are dark. The Sith isn't, like, the only form of dark Force users, but I always hated the concept. Right. There's only two dark... And then they come up... Yeah, there's that, and then Floney invents his own ways around it by coming up with Inquisitors and all these other things. I'm really sorry, but I have to ask this question, and I think this might be proper for later on, but... Um, there is a character named Darth Sidious who's actually pretty cool, but we don't get to hear his backstory. Um, so if he is, his, he has the title Darth, that means that he is a th Sith Lord, whatever you want to call it. He is a master who he's a Sith Lord, like Darth Vader or Darth Maul, who is his master, like who trained him to be a Jedi. Or dark Jedi Palpatine. It's, it's explained in the movies. Yeah, we'll yes, we'll save we'll save that for the third yeah, film. The tale of oh, really? That is explained. That is explained. I'm so sorry. Yeah, very loosely explained. Explained. Yes. Yeah. Well, we'll again we'll talk more about the rule of two because they will get into it. Don't ask who Revan or Bane are. <laughs> well, that's not, mm. not canon, but but <laughs> but uh, yeah. Anything else for this movie? I I think I've gone through all my notes here. Um... Oh, actually, I had one more. Don't worry, you'll get the last yeah, word, so. Eric. Or you'll, you'll still have your word. <laughs> yeah, we can keep going for yeah, forever, but... Yeah, so my complaints with Qui-Gon, I, I don't really think he's a particularly interesting character, and I mean, mm -hmm. he's kind of a weird Jedi where he doesn't fully seem to follow the rules. 
That has character. That has character, Red Letter Media. Character, but with no point or explanation. I mean, it's never even, like, called out or have any purpose. Touche. Except for the fact that he's the only one out of everyone, including Obi-Wan, who can't tell that Anakin probably shouldn't be trained. Even Anakin's like, Master, I, I don't think that this is the best way to go. Something about this boy seems off. And Qui-Gon Jinn's like, nope, I have to train him. It's like this mindless... Uh... Wait, but that's not... <laughs> But that's not necessarily wrong, though. That's not necessarily a wrong decision in hindsight when you see how everything plays out in the long run. He's, he's possibly the one seeing the right course of action when nobody else does. And this is debatable, of course, but I, but I think it's debatable, but not one-sided. Uh, do you mean seeing the right course of action because of the prophecy? In terms of he is the chosen one type of thing? or He is the chosen one. Anakin is the chosen one. And this is a Star Wars debate, by the way, because people go back and forth between like Luke and Anakin. But there's but there's a strong case to be made that again, it's debatable that Anakin is the chosen one ultimately. God, I hate they were having this conversation about chosen ones in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, I don't. This sounds like something from Reddit or something. And I'm saying, and this and and this is thanks to Qui Gon because nobody else saw it. Not even Yoda. Not even Mace Windu. So Qui Gon is like the hero of the day in a way ultimately after 40 years plays out or is he the idiot like they all realize like hey this kid there's something wrong about him something just seems like he's fucked up and Qui-Gon's like no I have to train him yeah I, I agree with that yeah but see but that but that that could have been a darker timeline though no that could have been a darker timeline if Anakin had never learned the force or anything and there was never a Darth Vader that could be a worse outcome Again, this is all debatable. I don't care. I don't care because it's that's not what happened. But Yoda does. No, I don't. No, 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 no. Because yeah, we know what he becomes. <laughs> look, who's the big problem starting with this movie in the Star Wars universe? Palpatine's behind it all. Yes, he's the big problem. <laughs> Sorry, it's such a red letter media rep. He's the big problem, and who eventually fixes the problem? Ultimately, well, let's not talk about the Disney Luke. movies. Let's just stick to the originals. Who ultimately fixes the problem? It's Luke. No, it's not. Yeah, Luke. And Vader, if you want to be really technical about it. It's Anakin Vader. Anakin but, Vader uh, eventually, no, ultimately yeah, undo undoes the Emperor. Luke couldn't do it. Luke was down there on the ground. Because of Luke's influence. Okay. But because of Luke. Who's his kid? He chose not to fight. <laughs> so ultimately, it's... Ultimately, ultimately, it's Luke. That's that's why I hate this prophecy bullshit that he inserted. It's so convoluted and terrible. It just it, and again, having him be this. But again, Luke is the offspring of Anakin. Uh, once, which once again goes to we need Anakin. Oh, it's so convoluted. It's so inferior. And that's what I'm saying. If there was no Anakin and there was no Darth Vader, then the Emperor would have gone a different direction and had you know Darth Sidious or whatever. And who knows? Again, the possible darker timeline where the Emperor just reigns forever. It's not... Okay, you could argue that... Uh, no. You know, in a, in a different timeline, Colonel Mustard could have been the only murderer in the movie Clue. No, because who else could have saved the day? That's because because the Emperor would have had its plan, wiped out all the Jedi, and then there's, there's nothing. There's nothing left. There's nothing. Let's also point out this flaw in the whole prophecy thing. The prophecy is... One day, uh, like a super powerful force user is going to show up to bring balance back to the force. But I think it's kind of bullshit. What's the balance? That he wiped out the Sith? 
How is that bringing balance? What do you mean, how does that bring back balance? Doesn't a balance mean a, a balance of good and evil existing, not just wiping out one side because there's only good? The imbalance was that the dark had prevailed for 40 years. But if there's only the two Sith and he wipes them both out... What a I prophecy. Mean, that make the Sith be, being gone? That was a, <laughs> that prophecy really was uh, kind of short-sighted when it comes to like how long it was going to take. The balance... Wait, what do you mean? What's, what do you mean? What's, where's the balance? If he wipes... I don't understand. It's right there. I don't know. I don't know what they're talking about. It's okay. It's okay. It kind of makes sense. It's, it's, Do you get it, Isaac? What, what's your opinion? Okay. So I'm saying uh, the prophecy is he's going to bring balance to the Force, but if there's only two Sith and he wipes them both out, then there's only Jedi. There's no balance there. There's only Jedi. It's imbalanced in a different way. I, yeah. But there's not even I really guess... Jedi. There's not even really Jedi. They're all wiped out. They're all wiped out. <laughs> so it's basically paving over the force. That's the prophecy. It's going to wipe out. The, the point was that <laughs> the the dark side got completely out of whack and was unchecked for forty years, basically. And and they're all pretty much wiped out, um, Jedi and Sith, which is kind of a good thing. In you know mm. to get past all this garbage, all this Skywalker saga, because uh, it yeah, is annoying. Garbage. It is annoying. Thank you. I agree. Exactly. And that's what's cool about how they keep expanding things in the Floniverse, etc. Is because there's all we learn there's all these other uh -huh. force users out there, and we learn that it's not just Jedi's uh and Sith who, who have have it all, you know, it's not just them. There's all these other groups out there, and that's interesting. That we were taught there was only these two ways to interpret the force, but with the expanded stuff with Filoni and everything, we learned that there's other routes. It's not just Republican Democrat. There's actually other choices out there. So what were we gonna say, Isaac? Or uh, <laughs> <laughs> Eric? I, I want to. Yeah, I want to jump into that. But you go ahead, Isaac. <laughs> um, what do I think? Um, I like what Dune did with prophecies because I think that's the only one that's probably gotten prophecies right. Where it's like, yeah, not even real. These people who initiated the idea of a prophecy into a culture long ago, and these people believe it. So I, I think that's a really cool idea. Love that. Um, I don't know if Harry Potter worked at all with prophecies. I haven't really thought about that in a long time. Well, it, um, it's like it, it's it designed itself in the the context of the movies, so it works there too. Okay, that's that, that's good. Um, yeah, the prophecy basically Voldemort created his own villain by creating his own heart Horcrux, but I guess that's spoilers, but. But um, <laughs> big spoilers. I think the statute of limitations and spoilers has passed uh, for that one. You'd be surprised. For me, Eric, I'm not necessarily. I mean, I think the the concept of the the uh, prophecy was flawed in just the way that it's you know delivered. That's why there's so much debate about what it exactly meant because it wasn't clear. But my overall point is that it was stupid to introduce the prophecy in the first place because we don't need this kind of convoluted BS myth uh, mythology. None of that was in the original Star Wars. We never needed it. But I also think a little bit like the Dune prophecy, which is insidious when you get into all... The Dune one is... Wow. But 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 like the Dune one... Wonderful. Uh, I think... I like the insidious prophecy. But like, but like the Dune prophecy, though, <laughs> I still think like this one presented in Star Wars is not necessarily to be believed. You know, like... Oh. Again, you don't have to subscribe to Jedi beliefs or Sith beliefs just be, you know just because like it could just be you know what i'm saying there's no reason why everyone else in the star wars universe has to go along with this um just like in the real world i mean uh you could, 
Well, it could just be words. Uh, 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 if I may, if I if I may say, um, it, the whole thing pretty much. I mean, for me, the whole it's just not the mitochondrians thing. Mitochondria. It's, it's what mitochondria. Wait, the fuck <laughs> is it? Mitochondrian. He's fucking with you. <laughs> but it's what uh, Anakin's mom says to uh, Kuei Jing Tan Ta- uh, Gen and Tonic. I mean, like she's like. Oh, you know, I don't know who I. It just happened. I just, if you believe that, that it's true. All right, yeah. I, you know, just like the Catholics. That's fair. Uh, you know, I. That's how I. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying. I think in the Star Wars universe, it mirrors the real world, but where yeah, uh, yeah, the Mormons say this is how we interpret the Bible, and then but you, you know. never know. Maybe she just you know had a few too many at the canteen, oh, no. and she. You know what I mean? Listen to jizz music. Did you say jizz music? <laughs> say something about Bill Cosby, but I'm not going to say that. Even though I just did. No! Yeah, he listened to jizz. She listened to jizz, and... She... It doesn't... Every time a woman gets drunk at a bar and has consensual sex, it's not a Bill Cosby thing. I know. Although, it would be fun. I'm not that... touching that one with a planet-wide pole. <laughs> I shouldn't have brought it up. It's the it's the demon booze. But yeah, Eric, you're, you seem surprised. You don't know about the jizz music? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that with a straight face, by the way. It's it's a complete look it up. It's Star Wars jizz music. Go on Wikipedia. It's a legit thing. Completely stupid. Oh, is that what they call it? Like the cantina music? Are you pulling our legs? Is there really? That's what they call it, man. So that's called jizz. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they were thinking by calling that jizz music. I don't know if someone had their tongue in their their cheek. They probably thought it sounded like jazz. <laughs> maybe in, in 77 or 78 maybe that wasn't a term for you know what jizz wasn't a term so it's like it's like jazz but it's future it's jizz jizz is the future of jazz we're gonna replace it with another vowel yeah all the hip guys we jizz all over the place you know smooth jizz <laughs> there's jazz there's jizz there's joes there's juz there's jews free-flowing jizz they're not gonna call it jews music <laughs> That's two on the nose. <laughs> I, whoa. I didn't say anything. Could have just called it juice. That uh, SNL Amazon uh, commercial for Alexa, play black jazz. Anybody? No? Okay, never mind. Uh, not familiar with that one. Or uh, Alexa Silver uh, for old people. Alexa for old people where they don't know the name of it. And it's like, Excedrin, uh, turn down the temperature. It is 100 degrees in here. No, are you trying to freeze me out? Never mind. It's Kate McKinnon. I can't even look at Kate McKinnon anymore without laughing. Anyway, I'm sorry. This has nothing to do with the Phantom Menace. Except for uh, the Jar Jar Binks element. Kate McKinnon. What? What is the Phantom Menace? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, it's a great question. What is the Phantom Menace? Uh, I've asked this question before on podcast. Yeah, I think I have the answer, but I, I think it's... I mean, I think it's hideous. But all right, Sean, what's what's your yeah, Sean, what's your what's your answer if you have one? Well, my my first knee jerk answer was Darth Maul, but he's not that prominent in the movie, so I think it's uh, we don't see who the menace menace is uh, in his uh, holograph communications with the uh, uh, whatever the guys are, the Asian dudes, Trade Federation. Uh, but come on, yeah, uh, but. Um, Obviously, it, 
you know, people who, who have seen the other movies and watched this, they know exactly what's going on. And it's Palpatine is, you know, stirring the pot to make sure that uh, he gets, a, he becomes, yeah. you know, higher in office. So, baking the beans. Baking the beans. He's baking the beans. He's going, he's under the radar. He is the Phantom Menace. You can't see him, but he will be more prominent later yes. on. Yeah, played by John Cena. If anyone gets that reference. And I can't believe, I like, in the third movie or whatever, or in Sith or whatever, just like how I was saying, like, when Padme, guess what? She was the queen all along. I can't believe they even pull that, like, in Sith when it, when characters discover, oh, my God. Oh, let's save this. I can't. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, when in-universe they discover it, and, like, the audience is like, it's kind of obvious, but they have to do it in-universe. Yeah, I love it in movies when your characters are such dumbasses and you know everything before them. And it's like, it's so obvious. How are you... No, like, I wonder, like, if you were a kid, if you were a kid and you only watched the prequels first and you had never seen the originals, again, would you be tricked by the Queen Amidala ploy and then would you be tricked by the Palpatine ploy? No, no, that is a... That is... That is a great, great question. I I like that question. um, Because... I think it's revealed by the third episode three that he is the villain. And then he disappears for two movies. Or no, actually one movie. He makes a brief appearance in episode five. Um, but that kind of lets down. I mean, that it, it kind of. Oh, how do I say this? It, it. I don't I don't know how one would feel watching it. It steps on the reveal in the original three. What's sad is that he's the Phantom Menace all the way until Rise of Skywalker. Oh god, let's not I'll save that too. <laughs> Good point actually. But I think especially especially if you're watching these in sequence, like George Lucas wants you to, it completely steps on the reveal of Luke being or of Vader being Luke's father. It completely steps on the reveal of uh, Palpatine the third movie. Like I really do not advise anyone to watch this in that in that way. That's the purpose of the machete order, is to not step yeah. on that. The it, proper it, it, order. It may- it makes me think, makes me think, makes me things of make. Bleh, it makes me think, think of things like, uh, I don't know, the movie Psycho, that had uh, three plus sequels. If you watch any of the sequels without watching the original, you you know you're losing the point. Yeah, if you watched, if you watched again, my complaint about prequels. If you watched the fourth film, which is a prequel, yeah, you'd be completely spoiled. <laughs> but not The Exorcist. But not The Exorcist. Henry Thomas. Well, hang on. You'd be spoiled uh, for the sequel trilogy if you watched the original trilogy. Well, yeah, what, they're not prequels. They're not supposed to come first. Yeah. But in a way, they're prequels to the sequel trilogy, the 7, 8, 9, because they come before 7, 8, 9. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> I, I thought you were saying the reverse. <laughs> oh, no, of course not. Oh, I'm looking at the droid decuds right now. I actually quite like that design. Those are kind of cool droids. Wish we saw more of them. Again, like I said, like like I said to you, if those would have been like the standards or the, uh, what did I say? Or the Magna Guards or the Magna, yeah, the Magna Guards. If those were like the standard droids, and then we like increase the difficulty from there, would you accept the droids uh, as a threat? Oh yeah, and I love the fact that the droid because don't speak, because the stupid voices. I love when the ones like, uh, uh, uh you're under arrest. Like, he has to think about it for a few seconds. <laughs> roger, roger. Yeah, roger, roger. Yeah. Uh. I still got a question. Why did they, like, th- there should have been a weakness, like, li- like an obvious weakness to, maybe I'm just ignorant on that, why 
we eventually moved away from droids to clones, and then to stormtroopers. Like, oh. what's the reason? Oh, well, because they're big fuck ups. <laughs> Yeah, they're horrible. I mean, look how badly they were massacred in this movie. Yeah. The the troopers of the Empire humanized Massacre. slowly over time because they started realizing the advantages of having like a sentient being, like and, and the individual things they could bring to the table, like their, from their individual experiences and from their autonomy. I know it makes it sound weird. It makes it sound like it's pro-Nazism, but um, that they actually had a good idea in the Empire. That when you just have people who are too drone-like, it's a disadvantage. Uh, okay. I mean, the droidicas are like, at least in this movie, the one design that I think would should still carry over because they're walking turrets with shields. Like, what, yeah, how is, they are pretty cool. And, and they can move as well. They're mobile yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like they're the little, almost like the perfect machine. So why didn't they like carry over? Yeah, I don't know. Because they're like a boss in a video game. They absolutely are. And... They are really cool. I, I don't understand that either. Well, if you go to the Disney era, they do intermix droids with with uh, stormtroopers. Oh, yeah. The, they do. Is it the Black Guards? I can't remember. Oh, and Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and that and that came from the video games. It actually, that actually came from the video game Dark Dark Forces, um, where they they melt. They basically made like cyborg um, stormtroopers that were half people half machine half humanoid half machine oh yeah that's where it came from we have final thoughts for you guys <laughs> last words not last last words but yeah my notes are all right so since since i was the one that initially like spawned the idea i guess in, in one way or another for that movie um that we have you know we're gonna like fritter say again what <laughs> he said he's waiting for the new spawn movie Oh, oh God, no! Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen the no. That's not fair. I haven't seen the first one. Um, no, but uh, you know, I I was like, okay, I want to see this again. It's probably not as bad as I remember it was, and really, uh, the only bad thing is Jar Jar Binks. I can't believe how bad Jar Jar Binks is. This is like the third time I'm saying it. Um, <laughs> so, as an exercise in, in rewatching this, and you know, I don't know if I'm ever going to watch it again. Um, but I'll give it three out of five stars. Uh, I, 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 um, I think it may have had too many characters. I think that Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan could emerge into one character and it could just be Obi-Wan and he doesn't get killed, uh, with Darth Maul. Um, uh, things that I like about it are, uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, I, I see there was an effort here, and I appreciated it, and I I just don't think it should be as hated as as much as it was. There's it's it's really well directed, and although somebody y'all have complained about the editing, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think um, I really love the the pod uh, the pottery sequence. And uh, I don't think it was so long. Apparently, I'm watching the long one. I was fine with it. I like that as an action sequence. Um, but there's a lot of fan service done in here that I didn't enjoy. And that would be adding R2-D2 and C-3PO. I thought it was just so dumb. I'm like, you know, we already have Jar Jar Binks. You don't need Jar Jar Binks if you've got C-3PO in the movie. And C-3PO isn't in it that much. But he's like, oh, oh, I'm naked. I'm naked. Um uh, but you know what? Uh, there was a, there was some stuff in here 
Um, no, I'm not going to bring that bring that up. But um, I, <laughs> I there's I would do some trimming, but not editing wise. I mean, story wise, I would take away the droids, uh, the two droids, C3PO and R2. Um, I just give it a three out of five. And I don't know if you do that. I don't remember. Caleb doesn't. Uh, three out of five. Yeah, only when Eric's on do we rate. <laughs> uh, I guess I'll go next. Why not? Yeah, I, I still think that this is the best of the prequels. Um, it's got a lot of terrible stuff in it. I mean, there's just no denying it. But I think it's got a distinct look. Like, I don't think there's any other movie in the franchise, or maybe even in general, that looks like this movie. And so I can enjoy it for just that kind of experience entering this weird, weird world. Um, I think all the characters are flat, sadly. I think the two that aren't flat, Jar Jar and uh, uh, Darth Maul, mm -hmm. one of them's terrible and the other one's just kind of empty. So that's too bad. Um, I hate the fact, and this is a petty thing to bring up, but it just drives me crazy that Darth Vader built C-3PO. Something mm -hmm. about that is just so stupid mm -hmm. and offensive that I just I cannot get over it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I give it a, a two. I want to give it a two point five, but I, I just can't. I, I give it a two. There, it's a, it's a cool visual experience, but I think it's too long, and I think the pacing is too stop and starty to really fully engage me the whole way through. So that's that's my thoughts. Eric, closing statements. Actually, we watched this when they re-released it in two thousand nine, two thousand ten, in in three D. So I saw it theatrically again at that time. Um, oh, yeah, I did too. I forgot about that. And and yeah. on, they were originally going to do all three, but the, the first didn't do so well. So they, they, they backtracked on that one. They canned that idea. But anyway, yeah. But um, actually, actually, it was stopped for a different reason. But while I weirdly agree, with, it is weird that, that Anakin makes C3PO, but it makes a little bit, bit of sense that he forgets about him. He doesn't even care about him. He's like, you'll be fine. Uh, Mom will take care of you. Whatever. He totally blows him off when he leaves. I actually don't like that scene. Between. But that, I don't like that scene at all. But I disagree with Sean. Me neither. Terrible. With the two droids um, and their inclusion. I actually like that George Lucas kept that idea in. That was part of his original design of the original trilogy. Was that no. it all happened in, in his took place through, through the point of view of the, the two droids, and that's straight from Hidden Fortress. But anyway, um, I like that, that they kept it going. And it's one of the pe things that people lament so much about the Disney trilogy, is that that was completely left behind. I don't think that really matters at that point, but some people do. Not at all. That, that those two are not prominent in, in that trilogy. But anyway, um, I would give it... Uh, three um poodoo pies out of five i think and i weirdly do revisit this movie i seem to watch it at least <laughs> once a year or, or once every couple of years i don't know why i don't particularly like it but uh but i do watch it about that often uh and i will also say uh, i don't think it's the um i definitely don't think it's the best of the prequels and it's also not my least favorite Star Wars movie, either. So, you know, take that. Uh, it's yeah, it, it's serviceable, and 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 I do like Qui Gon, and I do like seeing 
And I do like seeing um, Obi-Wan as a Padawan first before he becomes the master. Uh, and, I mean, I'm one of the people who wished there was a lot more Qui-Gon in the Star Wars universe and a lot more Darth Well, we got the Darth Maul part later, um, retroactively. But Qui-Gon, I would like to have known a lot more about him. I was sad to see him go. Isaac, just before you go, I just got to the ending here. And I'd forgotten that uh, even at the very end, when they're all having their wonderful little peace ceremony, peace. Jar Jar can't get out of his saddle, and he gets his legs stuck. Really, did we need him even at the very end? He just fucking... God, man, that pissed me off. Pissed me off. Yeah, and it, it's a good song, too. I like that music. Yeah, I was dancing. It's, it's yeah. better than the Ewoks. <laughs> yeah, it was on the soundtrack, and I used to listen to it all the time. But you, Isaac, final thoughts. Yeah, maybe Williams uh, heard about like the controversy with both songs, and he's like, "All right, I gotta do something better here." <laughs> and people enjoy that song more. Turn the Jedi. <laughs> yeah. Uh, why did or, why did if Anakin was or if R two D two was Anakin's astromech droid throughout the entire prequels? How come he shot at him in Episode four? Oh God. Yes. Um. Uh, <laughs> that's not it. Um, this is weird, but the character I found most compelling, or at least was drawn to the most, was Shmi, uh, Anakin's mom. I don't know why I've hmm. I like that actor. Um, I don't think I've seen her or anything else, and never have I like actually like looked her up. I know that she returns in the Clone War or in CG Wars um, as a voice when I think it's in the. I don't remember, but I know she and Lisa, Lisa returns. Also, I found there was a bit of chemistry between oh, wow. the two. I was like, these two could honestly be oh, like yeah. uh, a couple. No way. I don't know. I just it seems cool. So I, I, maybe she's a little no. They seem about the same age. Yeah, she was kind of fine too. I'll just say. So, I don't know. I just it's very soft and <laughs> there's yeah. someone else in the Star Wars universe is gonna get gonna get to hit that later. Oh god, let's go ahead. What? What? Basically, what I'm saying is, I'm waiting for Shmi Skywalker, a Star Wars story. (laughs) I just don't, you know, I I, kind of agree with you. I I just don't like the name Shmi. I, I, it sounds like a. I'm saying it, I'm saying it wrong. Maybe she'll have like a husband named Joe and then she'll get pregnant and he'll be like, oh no, this is weird. I have to leave you. And (laughs) goodness gracious. No, 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 no. The the whole like she went to a she went to a cantina and listened to jazz music, and then Anakin was born somewhat after that. I didn't make, that makes perfect sense. Um, yeah, and Maud's there. She sings her little song. <laughs> oh no! Oh, <laughs> golly. Um, well, it's all right. Is it? This movie is uh yeah it was <laughs> it's all right. It was interesting rewatching it after so long. Um, very. <sighs> It is re- recontextualizing things from Star. It's taking some ideas from Star Wars and making its own thing. It, it does seem like a, a different version of Star Wars. I'll say that. And it's yeah, it's, it's a reinterpretation. I'd say from another point of view, as Qui Gon mm-hmm. said, mm-hmm. not, not Obi Wan. It was Qui Gon who said from another point of view. And I don't know. I don't, I don't know how. To, I think it's. Is it? I don't remember if I said it was boring. In no, I said seven was boring. That's right. I don't think this movie's boring. Um, but it is interesting. This is the film that Lucas made after so long, and yeah, he probably was influenced by a lot of things, not just like filming techniques wise, story ideas, but visual as well. Um, I also must always give my 
Uh, I always must give my shout out to all the people who worked in production and post-production for this movie. Uh, we don't hate any of your ideas and designs. The CGI is what it is. It's you know it doesn't hold up because it's from the 90s and they have yet to remaster it. I'd say update it. So that's not a thing on you guys. It was probably like really good at the time. Um, it literally just comes down to directing and story, and uh, that's really a shame. That's that's what frustrates me about about like bad movies is. No, everybody will hate the movie and will, will hate all the actors for it. That's like, you do realize that it was the directing and the writing that caused this right, but nobody thinks that. No, it was Ahmed Best. He, it was his fault. Jake Lloyd, this is all his fault. And yet, you know, and it's, yeah, it's especially kind of a shame since, like, Liam Neeson went on to, like, you know, do a lot of things after this. Um, but just never, he didn't get the, I guess, distaste that, Almond Best or Jake Wood got that's that's fascinating. Yeah, well, Liam Liam Neeson was already like sort of more or less. Yeah. No, he was. This is Excalibur baby. Already in uh, Schindler's List. Yeah, he was. He was. Uh, crawl. It's Crawl. Yes. Man. <laughs> Can't believe it. Wait, Crawl? crawl. The Croc or the Alligator movie? No. No, no, uh, Crawl with the. With the glade, the uh, the blade, and I used to call it cruel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, Star Wars ripoff movie. Remember the movie? It's supposed to be D and D movie with a castle that would reappear somewhere else, like every day, and there was the Cyclops. Um, it's like a moving castle. And it was a fantastic score by James Horner. Yeah, like a squid-looking man on the cover. Oh yeah, it's a good score. Oh Sean, you had to have seen it multiple times in the eighties. I don't know what you're talking. No, it Shank like Shangri-La. I don't know. K R U L L. Yeah, if you look it up, you might might remember it. But... Oh, crawl! I know. Oh, crawl! Okay, I know that. I've seen it in the video store. Um, have never seen it. Oh my gosh! That's oh, a video store. Yeah, it's definitely worth. Oh thing. man, eighties cult classic all the way. It's a place where I used. The video store is a place where I used to go to enjoy my life. <laughs> um. Used to? Do they not exist anymore? What happened? They don't exist anymore. We used to have one here in Austin. It closed. Yeah, they, we used to have one here in Austin. It closed during COVID. It was called I, I Love Video. It had two floors. Oh wow! Full of uh, movies wow. on DVD, and uh, it was so fun going in there. Dang man, that's that's a shame. But Isaac, yeah. I'm still. I don't know if I've gotten a full. I mean, you've been. I don't know if you've given your full opinion on the movie yet. I'm. I don't even know if you liked it or not. Yeah, I've given all my. Like, um, oh yeah, what's my number? Um, my imaginary number. Um, I would say I would give this. Yeah, I'm gonna say this. Go play Lego Star Wars One or Lego Star Wars: The Complete Saga uh, instead, because I think you'll find more enjoyment out of that than this. <laughs> to be in control of the characters, which all just like you know, their, their primaries swapped with each other. They're all the same. Just same palette swap. I feel like uh, I feel like you're avoiding giving your opinion on the movie here. <laughs> what are you? T- <laughs> What can I say? It's kind of your okay. Well, yeah, not saying your opinion. It's just like didn't need to happen. I th- okay. I wish it was. I wish it was better. I wish it could have. Uh, I wish it could have like gotten rid of the whole like oh prequels don't exist. Also, Sean, what's what's with you in taxes? You don't like Prince John from Robin Hood? <laughs> no, I just didn't understand the whole tax thing. That's fair. And this because it, it comes in the crawl up or whatever you want to yeah. call it in the beginning of the movie, and I'm like okay. Um, I don't know what that means. Yeah, we don't really What's see that? what taxation is going. They 
they had a perfect good setup. Like it's like okay, if they're, they're wanting to do with taxes and whatnot. It's like well, it's just the Prince John Magna Carta thing. Like that, that, that there's something interesting, but they didn't do that. It's like oh, that's a, okay. Thing. That's history, and I don't I don't do that. <laughs> Sorry. Fair enough. My regard is it's got some aesthetics from uh, maybe not aesthetics, but it's got some ideas from. Uh, the original trilogy, but it's in a brand new setting, so this is no different than any Gundam series, I'll say that. Where it's just, every, every Gundam series will have Gundams, but uh, some of them are in their own time periods, others are in the main time, it doesn't matter, it's always so this is basically its own thing, I'll say that. I won't say it's non-canon, I'll say it's its own thing from now on. But do you like it? Or I, I'm still, I'm still really, I mean, I'm assuming you don't, but I still don't know. <laughs> Uh, my my answer is as complex as quantum physics is to comprehend, or NFTs, because nobody understands how what NFTs are. Yeah, it's as hidden as uh, yeah, purposely complicated. I I feel like maybe you're worried to uh, attack the movie or something. I don't know. What's, I don't. What's not really. I'm not hesitant about that. I just don't really have anything to say about it. It's. I guess I'll say it's not boring or bland, like I said. But I don't know. It just. Looking at it again, at not doing a commentary and talking about it, just I, d I do feel a bit empty watching it, and just like, wow, this is what it's come to—not me being excited for watching a Star Wars movie or rewatching mm. one. Um, because you remember when we watched Clones, I was so excited because we got to talk about Tartakovsky's Wars afterwards, mm -hmm. uh, which just brightens my smile. And again, I, I always, I will always attack Floney. It's like Floney, you've done so much for the universe why have you not done anything between episodes one and two like where's the journey from like anakin and obi-wan growing and instead you just focus on the clone wars it's like it's been done to death by this point it's like why not one and two? Oh no 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 we can't go back and change them it's like this is ridiculous like that's prime material right there man Oh, but do you have a, a rating for it? I think uh, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm in a different land on that one that's like the young Indiana jones chronicles and I prefer the ones when he's the older indie than the younger indie for that series. Me too. I don't I, I don't need to see any more kid Anakin. I think it was a terrible choice. That's getting to more Jake Lloyd territory and the, and there in Madness Lives. It's not Jake Lloyd, guys, don't worry. But a rating. Uh, guys. <laughs> a rating. <laughs> uh, what's it out of again? Out of five. <laughs> oh. Oh, sorry, you couldn't hear me. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Oh, okay, so, oh, yeah, okay. sorry. I was looking for something. Uh, you forced my hand here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give a rating. We're gonna do it my way. Now, where the hey did I put those things? Oh wait. All right, kids, get out your decoder rings. No, sort of. Yeah. We're... All right. So you say it's out of five, right? Okay. I'm gonna do a dice roll with my D and D oh, dice. Oh boy. If it lands on a six, it's a re-roll. I'll give it that. All right. That's how we determine. This this reminds me of uh, a certain. When Steve asked Sean, oh, what's your favorite companions? And Steve got out a bag of, <laughs> filled it with names. So you're like, I Oh, I did, yeah. <laughs> I had a, a plastic bag filled with all the companions' names. Because yeah, I didn't want to. Me and Steve were both very dissatisfied with that. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's a six. Whoops. <laughs> hey, this is cheating over there now. Come on. You can I give it a, the dice doesn't lie. Hey. What are you like? Hey, you re-rolled over there. I heard that. No, no, I said, I said, if it was a six, it re-rolls, and it went oh, on okay. a six. 
Oh, yeah. Okay, I must have. Uh, um, yeah. Hey, Mr. Qui-Gon Jinn can manipulate dice rolls and not how Tordarians can be immune to Jedi mind tricks, even though the obvious answer is he's not a simple, weak-minded fool. I don't know why they needed to do that, but anyway, um, my dice after the second, after the first reroll, it landed on a five. So I give this a five out of five. There you go. Well, that's one of his favorite Star Wars movie. There, okay. All right. Oh, well, this. I, don't I didn't know. say favorite. Yeah. I just said I gave it a five out of five. Okay, five out of five sounds like the top score. So I guess one of your favorites. I finally have an answer. I had one out of five chances of of, of it landing on a five, and it landed on a five. So what okay, do you let me write that in my book. Favorite Star Wars. <laughs> minutes, Isaac. Yeah, this is going. This is going in the book, Isaac. So fucking, you know, yeah, the companion piece to the podcast, the physical book. Yeah, coming out in twenty twenty five. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well. <laughs> hey, fun fact. Uh, Shmi Pernilla August actually started an Ingmar Bergman movie. Everybody out. We're closing. Go to the restaurant next to it. Even though we also serve drink here, uh, we'll have the jizz play. Uh, we'll have we'll have jizz be played out here. Good night. Oh, we're definitely serving drinks. Yeah, I'm. I've been dipping into the our own stock today. Goddamn. You know what? I can't wait to do like eight more of these. Um, <laughs> oh, we're gonna do ten at least. Oh, Possibly eleven. Oh yeah, we gotta do Clone. We gotta do CG Wars the movie because that technically oh, was a theatrical no. release. Oh, if we're going chronological, we'll have to watch that after Attack of the Clones. No, we're not doing. <laughs> we're not doing the holiday special. Theatrical release that was only on TV. Yeah. Okay. Not canon. It's not canon. I didn't say that. I just said it was not released theatrically. I we only said theatrically. We didn't say on TV. So Mandalorian doesn't count. Yeah, so we're going to watch the Clone Wars movie after Attack of the Clones? We are watching the Clone no, Wars movie. No. Are we? Oh, it's a, it's a, it was a motion picture. I, the first one I saw by myself, so we're doing it. It has a homosexual hut from Louisiana. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Eric and Sean, for the start of this journey. Sean especially, just for wanting to do this. Again, thank you, Caleb, for putting up with me as usual. And... As always, everybody, if you and your family happen to come across Gungan City and they're like, what is what are barriers? What exactly is a, is a barrier? And is there a way that like we can get through these? Ah, but you see, my young fellow, you must use a drill, and anything in itself can be a drill. Till next time, everybody. Bye.